0: Welcome to Deal Talk. I'm Deal and let's talk. Uh, I would like to present my guest for today, which is Sean Hart from. Hart from, am I pronouncing it right? Yes. Yeah. So, Sean, today we're going to start talking about, about his experience uh, as a volunteer for the Paramedic in Hoboken, New Jersey. Yes. yes. So, just want to welcome you to the show. How are you doing, brother? It's been a I'm while. Good. You yes. look good?
1: Yeah. Just working, you know, school. Doing trying to balance everything with, you know, this wonderful virus that we have. But Yes,
0: yes. Yeah, so. So how's it, how's it going? Have you, have you um, continued volunteering for the paramedics? Or as this, has this been postponed because of the virus?
1: So I actually gave it up um, about... A year and a half ago, two years now, um, I had to give it up because conflicting yeah. schedules with uh, school and, you know, work and everything else. It's it's a lot of t- uh, time consuming, um, especially when you get into like, you know, nights, days, yeah, all yeah, this yeah. type of uh, other, you know, shifts that we do as EMTs. Um, so it, co- it conflicted a lot with school, um, which is the reason why I had to give it up. But it was an awesome thing that I did. Um, I did it from the age of 16 to about 22, which I'm 23 now. Um, wow. And it, it was an awesome experience. So the reason why I started it was because I volunteered in the operating room for about two and a half years from the age of 14 to about 16 and a half. Um, I was in Jersey City Medical Center and I volunteered in the operating room. And I experienced the side of the emergency Uh, department and I I was in the emergency room for a little bit and then I moved to the operating room floor and then I decided you know what let me move on to actually see what goes on outside so that's why I decided to go um, volunteer at Hoboken Volunteer Ambulance Corps which is a ambulance corps which is completely 100% volunteer and we and at uh, at that time and still to today it's 100% free so they do not charge any of the patients that get in the back of that ambulance we do not bill. Um, it's hundred percent volunteer, so none of us get paid. We purchase our own uniforms, we purchase our own gear, we purchase everything out of our own pockets. Um, it's a decision that you know you have to make on your own and it's something that you want to do because Definitely. you have
0: to be you have to be passionate for that.
1: Uh, Absolutely. So it's something that basically is you're
0: basically a veteran, even though you're not, you know, licensed or whatever, you're a veteran. Thank you for your service.
1: Thank you so it's very expensive um it's not a cheap thing to get into of course a lot of things that you do you know it's always an expense but this is something that's even more of an expense because uniforms have to be changed uh you can't wear the same uniforms the state requires every six months for you to purchase new uniforms and it's very expensive because our uniforms we get embroidered so we would have our you know uh, department logo on it um our names on our uniforms and, and each shirt just a loan costs about $75 to be made. And that comes out of our own, you know, your own pocket. Mind you, you're volunteering. So it's something that you have to find something else to do, uh, which would pay you to yeah. actually do that as well. So I did that. Um, and the gear that we purchased, so in total, the whole, the, the out of cost pocket purchase is about $600 just to start. Um, you need a CPR card, which has to be basic life support. And I actually teach the course so I decided um, to actually well, get that, my
0: uh, That's good to know because mine expired, so.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I actually teach the course. Um, I have a couple friends that actually teach the course. Mine actually, um, I actually let it lapse because my instructor's license, but I can get it back and it's very easy to get because I wasn't teaching as much with COVID. There's a lot of new uh, procedures that we have to go through teaching uh, CPR. They don't, you don 't do breaths you have to it's a whole different curriculum now that we teach and as of twenty twenty one when there's a brand new curriculum that the uh, American Heart Association decided that they were going to change so that it's another you know we talk about costs but costs it costs a lot of money to teach all these medical things medical books cost about three hundred bucks uh, just to have an instructor's course and then it's an You know, you got to find a classroom. That's another cost. You got to make sure that, you know, you're going to be able to teach the course, then you got to purchase all the supplies for the course. And it's you, of course, you include all of that stuff into your cost when you actually do the course um, and you're teaching students, but it's, it's, it's a lot. And there's a lot of instructors out there that teach this type of course. So you have to find an area in a sense that doesn't have so many instructors and teach there. Um, I used to teach at Hoboken Ambulance Corps. Actually, we had our own classroom. So I used to get students that I actually wanted to teach there. I used to get some EMTs that were in the process because just because you're an EMT, we still need that basic support uh, CPR card. It's mandatory in the state of New Jersey that you have to have that. Light Red Cross also teaches it, but they teach a different version. So some departments <laughs> Do accept it, some departments don't. It all depends on your department that you're going to work for. My department accepted both Red Cross and American Heart, uh, Heart Association. They prefer AHA, but American Heart Red Cross was also accepted. Um, yeah, I was there for about five and a half years from calls from, you know, dead, death, dead on arrivals to dealing with the drunk person to dealing with motor vehicle accidents to dealing with people that got arrested to dealing anything you could imagine i've seen dealt with um you know cuts scrapes uh head traumas I can imagine. broken bones you say it i've seen it i um, can
0: imagine i i in, two ta- in 2009 i uh i graduated from uh institute bank and commercial in puerto rico and uh i graduate paramedic, paramedic, not basic, not, you know, mm-hmm. paramedic. Uh, I did, I think six months working in the ambulance, mm-hmm. uh, another six months in, in the hospital. So I got to see both sides of it. Right. Uh, I've also I, 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 de- uh, I dealt with uh, dead on arrival, mm-hmm. which is uh, in my experience, uh, we, it was an elderly man. Mm-hmm. Like he he was he was old, like he had limb missing from his body. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they did uh, the CPR, you can hear him gasping, like the air just flowing through his body. It's when you're not um, normalized in that environment. You like I was like I was shocked. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, remember I had a. a put a catheter on an older another older man that was that was not a fun uh situation for him or me uh but it's incredible Uh, i don't think um i don't think paramedics get paramedic gets the credibility they should get you know they talk about cops they talk about firemen nurses and whatnot but i don't think that um Paramedics get the enough credit as they should.
1: I have to agree. So uh paramedics, EMTs, which a paramedic is a higher position than an EMT. Um an EMT is a basic uh life support. We deal with that. We don't give medications, we're not allowed to do in uh in IVs, we're not allowed to uh intubate, we're not allowed to do any of that. But that's a paramedic job, so that's called advanced life support in the state of New Jersey. So I dealt with basic life support. Um but I have to agree with you because EMTs, some EMTs start off with $12 an hour. Um, some, some departments, in order to get into a good department, um, you most, you most likely you're going to do transport or you're going to volunteer for a period Dude, of time.
0: Dude, I remember I, remember, uh, I had to a administrate a mm-hmm. medication from mm-hmm. a patient that we picked up. And uh, Puerto Rico is known for having bad streets Sorry, I'm uh, It's known for bad streets. Like there's potholes everywhere. Mm-hmm. And um, imagine trying to uh, administrate uh, the, uh, what do you call that? Medication? Uh, yeah, but uh, with, the, with the shot, with the needle. Okay. Right? Imagine trying to do that and catch a pothole. Mm hmm. And catch another pothole. And catch another pothole. And catch another pothole.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, not easy, and especially like they just re- in Hoboken, they just read it out of the roads. But like when I started, we had the roads were terrible, gravel yeah. roads, and and you know,
0: just trying to put the oxygen mask on, mm-hmm. right? And you're trying to put on, and you take a pothole, and it's right here. Second, a pothole is right here. Like it's it's not easy. Even basic, just being in in general, basic or, or advanced, it's not easy.
1: It's not easy. It's not a job that gets a lot of recognition and that's a problem. The state doesn't see it as that. And the pay rates that, we get, that you get paid is ridiculous. Uh, a lot of places, uh, it's a requirement to go to school for six months. So you have to go to school for six months to get this license and continuously continue your education. So you have to have 64 CEUs. Well, I'm not sure if they upped it from now, but that's called continuing education uh, units. So you have to do that. Which some of them you have to pay for, so that's another expense. If you're not getting paid as an EMT, some most people do pay EMT and volunteer. That wasn't my uh, uh, route. I didn't want to get paid for it. I li- I liked what I did. I liked giving back to the community, and that's the reason why I did it. But you have imagine you're getting paid thirteen dollars an hour to work for a transport company, and then you have to go through all of this. Is it worth continuing your license? Is it worth yeah, going definitely. through all of this and
0: the the certifications? Mm-hmm. I remember. Uh, I, I still remember my uh, professor. Uh, he missed one day of class because he had to get a, a certification in something that was mandatory, and it was like $800. Right. And yeah. he, was, he was a paramedic. Uh, he, was, he was higher ranked. Right. And he had, uh, at night, because I would take the classes at night, he would teach at night. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't, you know, he has these higher positions, but imagine Puerto Rico. You know, the, the wage is not compatible right. to over the year.
1: Right, and even, and even like you say, Puerto Rico. But even in the state of New Jersey, I mean, paramedics get paid decent money. They it's a college degree. You need at least sixty college credits. Um, you need at least an associate's degree to become a paramedic in the state of New Jersey. You also have to take a certain. I think it's three hundred and twenty hours in a hospital. You have to. Um, do your on-site training there. Um, Jersey State Medical Center is one of them that I do know because I do have a friend right now going through the process um, to become a paramedic in the state of New Jersey. He works for UMDMJ, which is a university uh, hospital in New York. And he works actually as an EMT there. And it's, it's insane. And
0: the, I, I, find that, I find that crazy because when I graduated, right, maybe it's been over a decade already. Maybe isn't like I graduated, graduate. I have my diploma. Mm -hmm. I'm a cert, it says certified EMT. Mm -hmm. And um, I graduated, I had to go and I think file. I had like a, what do you call those things? Uh, uh, Like a pre-license, like a permit up -hmm, to mm -hmm. a year, up to a year. And I think maybe two, depending. And for a whole year I could work within that year. I have to go now get the actual license. Right. Uh, So I was fresh. I had a fresh license and I moved over here for better opportunities. Mm-hmm. And the state of New Jersey uh, did not take in consideration my, basically my studies, my my grades, nothing. and Nothing right. was valid. Right. Like I, I went to seek information They told me that in Florida, I probably could have mm-hmm. uh, worked it and everything will be valid, but the state of New right. Jersey is not. And I remember somebody telling me, I can't remember who, like I had had to go back for three years, three years, something I did in like a year and a half, Mm -hmm. I already have a license. Like, you know, I want to, I want your thoughts regards, you know, on that, because for me, like I I wouldn't do that.
1: (laughs) So, yeah. So like um, the state of New Jersey, we have the highest uh, type of like certifications. Um, Our certifications, for the most part, we can literally go anywhere um, in the country. Um, but if you come from another state, like for example, Florida, one of my best friends, he, he's a cop in Florida and their EMTs are completely different. So their licenses are, we go by letters. So we go A, B, and I, um, the state of Florida does I, so I literally can do everything almost a paramedic can do, but there's certain restrictions. Um, I'm not hundred percent sure. Obviously I don't live in the state of Florida, but there's certain restrictions that they can't do. So when they come to New Jersey, they're expecting to be able to innovate give medications, things like that, that's something you can't do in the state of New Jersey. You have yeah. to go to college and get it licensed and be on an ambulance with and do not only do you have to do like um and and on- to,
0: and, and uh not to call you off but is mm-hmm. basic medications too because to give uh a doses or certain doses you there's some there's a doctor that's supposed to be available that they speak on a scanner and right. they they quickly call. Right. So it's not it's not just any uh medications mm-hmm. You can administer, I think, basic uh, medications.
1: So there's a certain amount of medications you're allowed to um, administer, and that's depending on your your medical director for your facility. Um, Each facility, each EMT base, each uh, paramedic base has a medical director, and they set those standards for each department. So, for example, Jersey City could have a certain amount of medications that they're allowed to administer and a certain amount of dosage without calling the doctor. So they already are approved for that. Hackensack they also have advanced life support so they are able to administer the same things they also have paramedics but they their medical director could say no you only can give half of a dose where Jersey and Medical Center's medical director says you can give a full dose so it all depends on your medical director um it has gotten a lot easier uh, even with EMTs now we are allowed to inject epinephrine which is for like allergic reactions yeah. We're allowed to administer Narcan, which was something that we weren't allowed. So Narcan is a drug that we reverses um, opioids. So opioids, what is opioids? Opioids are any type of drug that literally has, like Percocet, oxycodone, heroin. Um, this medication reverses those side effects. So if you're literally dying from those type of medications, we, we can give you that dosage, where before we weren't allowed to do that as regular EMTs. Paramedics only had that option. Um, right. So that's, that's something awesome. that the state has, the state is trying to give more for EMTs as well. And the thing is, is that, like I said before, yes, they want to do, let us do more, but the pay is not there. And that's the yeah. crazy thing. My, like-
0: um, my uh, as in, like, in, in Puerto Rico, when the time that I was living there, uh, they, they used to call us camilleros. Mm-hmm. That's like, uh, basically, they're referring to us paramedics, that the only thing we know how to do it's carry the 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 bed
1: mhm a stretcher
0: yeah the stretcher basically and that's an insult that means they're trying when they when they, they will call us that that's basically insulting us mhm you know and uh you know i would take offense to that because we do so much like and i and i consider me i consider myself being a part of that because At one point, I was. Right. You know, and like I said, uh, the appreciation and the respect, uh, it's not there. It's not there.
1: Absolutely. And it's not only not there with just, you know, us. It's not there with the whole type of family that we go for. So, like, uh, firefighters, police, and EMTs, we all try to be a family. We're one big family. We try to make it that way. But it's like, the thing, the problem is, is that it's not seen that way and we're not the bad guys we're there to help and we're there to you know for medical reasons and we're not always we're not bad people we're there to, to protect and to make sure that you, yeah. you get the medical uh the the basic life support and the advanced life support needs before you get to an emergency room which in our area we're lucky that we have emergency rooms that are could be five or ten minutes away but in a lot of suburb areas, that emergency room could be an hour, hour and a half away. Like, my friends live down in Tom's River. Their closest trauma yeah, center is yes. an hour and a half away. Jersey Shore Medical Center, is, depending on where you are, could be an hour, hour and a half away. Luckily enough for us in Hudson County, we're lucky enough to have a trauma center that's 10, 15 minutes away in Jersey City Medical Center, depending on where you are in Hudson County. and. If not, if you're completely far out of Hudson County and you're really close to Hackensack, Hackensack is only a 30 minute drive. And that's also another trauma center. So we're lucky we have two trauma centers in the tri-state area. That's really close by. However, a lot of cities don't have that option. And what is a trauma center? A trauma center is anything. Yes. It's basically a higher level hospital that can deal with real emergencies. Yeah. Higher
0: trauma. Right. Um, and also, um, I don't know now, but back then, uh, depending on what the person's calling they would dispatch like if they were like over there in puerto rico they have a lot of private companies mm-hmm. so uh the private companies sometimes work with the like the state or like the city the mm-hmm. region right right and depending on what call they would get like if somebody uh just fell and hurt the, hurt to the back um they will send the private companies you just to go pick them up and take them to the hospital, mm-hmm. you know, right. and, and some of them have like basic uh, medications like Tylenol, Advil, you know, mm-hmm. uh, basic because because they're a private owned company. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the licensee and whatnot, they don't let them have those major, you know, medications. Uh, is that something they do here or no?
1: Yeah, so in the state of New Jersey, we're not allowed to give you a Band-Aid. We're not allowed to give you Tylenol, Advil, any type of medication as in a regular EMT. You, you, um, the only one that's allowed to give you any of those medications would be a paramedic because they do have a degree and they do study uh, paramedicine. So that's the degree that they study. Um, as an EMT, we're not allowed to give those medications um, because that's technically diagnosing somebody and we're not allowed to make a diagno- a diagnostic um, where paramedics they they can diagnose a little bit where we're not allowed to do that, but it does depend on the state. So, of course, I'm talking about the state of New Jersey, but I can go back to Florida. Florida gives them a little bit more leadway as an EMT, and just because we're not getting a degree, it's a six months course that we do have to take. And when I got my license, I actually did it at a college, and I received ten college credits for going to get my EMT license. So it costs about $3,000, three thousand thirty two hundred dollars for that license. And that's just a license by itself. And a good thing about being a volunteer was my volunteer company actually pays for me, paid for me to go. So I didn't have to pay that $3,200 out of my own pocket. I got a voucher from the state of New Jersey that allowed me to go get my license. So I got my license through the state and I didn't have to pay a dime for it being a volunteer. So I actually volunteered two years prior to get me, getting my license. Um, but a lot of people do decide as soon as they walk in the door, get their license, and become an EMT. It wasn't something that I had on my mind. At that time, I was a high school student. I also worked part-time. I had a lot of things going on. My grandmother was sick. Um, so it was just not on my mind at, right then and there. And then I decided to go back and get it. Um, currently, I am studying. I'm still a student, like I know, said before. I'm still going in the medical field in a sense, but not as much. Um, I'm a forensic psychologist, so I'm going to get my degree in forensic psychology. I am a year out. I have a year left, uh, two semesters. And uh, forensic psychology is something that I have a passion for. I wanted to be a law enforcement officer, so that's where I'm going. But I don't want to sit in a cop car for 25 years, so I decided I wanted to get my degree in forensic psychology. Um, I do have a criminal associate's degree in criminal justice, um, and I'm studying forensic psychology, as I said. And, and I go to Fairleigh Dickinson University, um, and I have a minor in criminal justice. So I'm continuing my education in criminal justice, some different courses that I didn't take while I was in community college that I'm taking at the university. Um, I've taken correction courses. I've taken child, uh, adolescent psychology, behavioral psychology, experimental psychology, social psychology. Um, I've taken a lot of psychology courses and my goal is to be a crime scene investigations detective. So like the blood gruesome CSI type of stuff that you say.
0: You're like the real life Barry Allen.
1: Yeah. Or like, uh, Dexter or something like that. CSI, those type (laughs) of shows. That's where I want to be. And that's, that's where I like. That's awesome,
0: Um, man. You know.
1: And a lot of people say, "How do you deal with blood? How do you deal with guts? How do you deal with things like that?" I, I was, I've seen it. Uh, since I'm six, fourteen years old, I was in the operating room. I went from there to being on the street. Um, my first six weeks in, my first call for a dead body was a twenty-three-year-old man that uh, had his body decapitated by a, hit, a drunk driver. Yeah. So, the, 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 his legs were the opposite way. Head snapped, feet, arms, everything was. Completely decapitated when we arrived on scene. So that was six, six weeks in, I was 16 and that was my first dead body. And then I got another one that I actually did a CPR save for. So it's, it's a, it's something that you have to have the guts, the stomach, the heart, uh, passion, especially, absolutely compassion, but also you have to have that thick skin. And when I mean thick skin, I don't mean like that jerkish attitude no yeah nobody wants to talk to you too yeah but the the sense of thick skin to the where you can handle it and not everything you're going to be able to handle because you're human and you have a heart you all some most people do do understand and do feel for people obviously at 23 years old my brother was the same age i back in my mind that could have been my brother walking down the street and got hit by a drunk driver that's in the back of your mind, but you can't take those. You got to try, and it's very, very hard. It's something that a lot of people cannot do. Take your, Not make it a personal experience. Think about it as it's a job. This is what you got to do, and put your mindset there. Um, PTSD is a real thing. A lot of people don't believe in PTSD, which is post-traumatic stress disorder. I actually had it twice in my life, um, and every time that would, when I would go back to volunteering, the thing that would trigger my PTSD was, are you okay? are you okay? How are you feeling? Blah, 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 blah. Those questions trigger post-traumatic stress disorder. So it'll make you flash back to what happened. And for weeks, I I literally just had to tell my bosses and things like, I understand you're trying to be nice and asking me how I'm doing, but you got to stop because that was triggering my post-traumatic stress disorder. And it's something that you can get rid of. A lot of people get it. uh, Military people, especially cops, firemen, ENTs, you see all these detrimental things. And you can get that. Um, I didn't go see a psychiatrist. I could have. Um, definitely something I would definitely probably think about the next time I, if I ever get it again, which, which is possible. As I said, I'm going into the criminal justice field, but it's something that you really have to think about. Um, it's not something that's easy, not something easy to deal with. You have family, you have friends that are going to ask you, are you okay? And those things trigger. Um, everybody's trigger points are different. Um, it's not the same but that was my trigger point. So every time somebody would ask me, are you okay? How are you feeling? Are you depressed? You know, we're here for you. Things like that. Yes, we appreciate that, but you have to understand that somebody with post-traumatic stress disorder, that sends flashbacks. So like seeing an ambulance drive by that can send a flashback seeing, you know, little things on TV can send a flashback and that's things that people don't realize. And you're not trying to be mean, but it's just, you, you have to realize that those things trigger and that's where I was at. That's, My, uh, story with post-traumatic stress disorder, I did have it twice, um, from another situation, but most, more than anything that that was my first uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. And it's, it's something you got to talk about even with your crew. Like that was the best part about it. I always used to ride with the same people. Um, my, we had a set crew. So every Friday, Saturday nights we would be together and we used to talk about calls and things like that. You got to talk, you got to let it out. You got to distress. You got to, um, if you're of age, you know, go out for that drink, go out for that beer, talk to somebody, go, whatever you like to do. If it's video games, hang out with friends, don't put your mind where you're by yourself in a setting where you can't let that frustration or let that something that's bothering you out. And, um, not only that as a, you know, being an EMT and doing that, but also as a psychologist that I'm going to study. And I, I do consider myself a psychologist cause I'm almost there. Um, and I do do psychology work, um, uh, I do work with a psychologist right now and I do therapy and I do behavioral health and things like that. But it's something that you also have to do as a mental health. Um, it's good for your mental health. It's good to express. It's good to, and it's hard. It's not easy. I mean, a lot of people don't know how to do it. It's something that we deal with as psychologists and as uh, psychiatrists. we deal with on a regular basis. But for me, it's easy. I can express to you how I feel. I could talk to you. I could, for me, I have that, that, Easygoing, you know, thing. I have that demeanor, but for a lot of people, it's not for everybody. You know, to express how you feel. What's the biggest thing about divorces? I mean, I deal with family therapy as well. Um, they don't talk to each other. They don't communicate. Communication is a big thing, and it's it's not only communication between husband and wife, and it's communication and everything. It's communication between you and your partner at work, or you and your you know friends and things. You and your boss is it. communication is a big thing, and de-stressing is a big thing. If you're going through something, talk to somebody. Talk to I that totally friend.
0: agree. I totally agree.
1: So it's definitely something that you need to you need to you know, talk about and express how you feel and what's going on. I mean, I talk to my coworkers, I talk to my family, I talk to my friends, I talk. I try to talk to everybody that you could talk. Like I, I know that I can trust and talk to because you never know. I mean, I'm not gonna hold something in and. After we get a hard time what's stress. good about
0: um having that team is that they can empathize on, on what you're going through because they're, they're interacting and seeing the same thing you're you're seeing so it helps you it helps even more absolutely you know, uh, it's you 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 uh describing those traumas you've gone through to try to explain that to somebody else like a teacher or just anybody mm-hmm. that is in that who who is not in that world? Right. They, they, they would understand. They would be in shock. They would they they would know they wouldn't know they wouldn't know what to say.
1: Absolutely, and that's the thing that you have to realize too. Like, yeah, you have people in your life that want to sympathize with you and want to try to understand where you're coming from, but don't really understand what's going on. So when you have that person, like I rode with the same partner for most of my time, my, most of my career as an EMT, and me and her, uh, me and my friend, which. Uh, we rode together. It was either a guy or a girl, one, two of my closest friends still to, still to this day. Um, we talk to each other. I mean, what, like I said, one of my good friends, he's an EMT in Newark, and he's going, to be, he's going to college right now to be a paramedic and a nurse. He's double majoring. And it's crazy, the things that we talk about. But I can relate to him, even though he's still in the field, because we've been through it. We were through it together. And not only that, but like I said, I'm, in a, I'm going to, to, into the criminal justice field. And um, it's something that you, you could always relate to somebody with. Um, and I always had, those, thank God I had those relationships with my partners. And I had relationships with other people in the field because you need that relationship. You need to be able to go to somebody that is able to relate to you. And that's why a lot of cops marry cops, a lot of EMTs marry EMTs, a lot of paramedics marry the same yeah. career field because you can relate. Um, it's, though-
0: a, it, it's the same thing when it comes, I've, ha- I, I've had a lot of conversation with, with um, uh, friends of mine that are, are married. And my, mm-hmm. my thing with that is that you can't, if you're married, you have to speak to somebody that's married. Yeah, that's you true. But a- You can't go to somebody that, that's not in your shoes or it's not married because they wouldn't understand the level of commitment, first of all. You get what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Um, but I kind of disagree. To, I'll agree to disagree. Yes, okay. that that's true. Respectfully. Um, but being someone that deals with this on a regular basis, yes, I'm not married. But, I mean, my parents are married for 31 years. I've seen the experiences. I've seen what they go through. I understand that. It's, it's, but it's I, not I agree. Same, but it's Be- not – hold on. But okay. it's not the same – as actually being in a committed relationship. There you go. married. All right. I can give you an outside perspective, but I can't give you a perspective of being that person because I'm currently not married. Obviously I'm only 23 yeah. and I'm not in a committed relationship right now. So can I give relationship advice and am I pretty good at it? Yeah. I could say I'm, I am, um, and I deal with it. So I do speak to a lot of married couples.
0: I do speak to a yeah, lot of relationships, yeah, right.
1: but my advice is always going to be from the outside perspective. I'm not going to give you the perspective that you're probably looking for, but I bet you my perspective is probably halfway or more decent than the person that's in the relationship. Why? Because there's always going to be a bias and I don't have that bias. I have a bias of the outside perspective. And as a psychologist, I have that bias of my school knowledge and my you know degree knowledge, but I don't have the bias of, Yes, men do this. Yes, women do this. It's a general, I don't have that real bias. Now, can I give my own opinion? My, like I said, both of my parents are married. Luckily, they've been married for 31 years. And I see that and I can give you advice through my parents. And that would be my bias. But as a bias, I usually when I deal with groups or mm-hmm. I deal with one on one wife, husband Husband, husband, you know, wife, wife, whatever yeah. it is. Nowadays, we have all these types of different marriages, boyfriend, girlfriend, because it's true. Like they do come in for counseling. Sometimes they want to make it work. And I always give a bias of my own opinion through education, not through my own
0: seat. Yeah, I, I totally understand. I think uh, I agree with you. I agree with you. And, and both and both aspects, you, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you can give your opinion being outside. You're outside, right? Uh, like also being inside. So I agree with mm-hmm. you, but it goes back to the same thing you were saying that when you you have this camaraderie with uh, your fellow coworkers and this mm-hmm. atmosphere, a- a- atmosphere, being a paramedic, you know they get to understand what you're going through, right? And it's difficult. Uh, I think was it when was Ebola? The Ebola was like 2008. No, maybe even more than that. It's
1: been a, it's, I, I don't actually, I'm not hundred percent sure, but yeah, it's almost like that. I mean, I went,
0: I, I went through, I want to say, I could be wrong. I don't remember. Uh, there was a pandemic that when mm-hmm. I was in 2009, it was that the year 2008, there was a pandemic like, mm-hmm. like what we're going through now, but in Puerto Rico it was different because, you know, it's like Florida, you got to drive to places. You know, it's not that crowded, but I guess uh, my next question is: How do you think uh, paramedics are managing with you know with this chaos that's going on with the pandemic? So are they confiding in one another more, relying, trusting—how how how are they tackling this?
1: I mean it it is a it is a pandemic and we are in a situation i actually was someone that had it um my my symptoms i was symptomatic i didn't have asymptomatic symptoms and it's a lot um uh from a paramedic standpoint or an EMT standpoint what they have to go through wearing these protective masks wearing N95s going through you know sp- special clothing they have to wear making sure that when they leave their ambulance and they go into their personal vehicles that they more than likely bring in a change of clothes. So that way you're not bringing that virus into your own personal vehicle. Um, You deal with COVID positive patients, you might not even know. Uh, It is a possibility. And, you know, it's hard. It's not an easy thing. We're going through a very terrible pandemic which kills a lot of people. And in the beginning of this pandemic, uh, one of my friends, which I bring back to, he's a Nork EMT, and he stated, like, doctors were diagnosing everybody with COVID. Right, so if right you now, di- uh,
0: they're closing down Nork.
1: Right. So, Nork has a curfew right now is of 8, 8, 8 p.m. If you're caught on the street after 8 p.m. and you're not an essential worker, you ca- you will get a fine facing up to $1,500. And um, so, like he said, somebody was dying from cancer. Somebody was dying from a heart attack. Somebody that was dying from you know, a brain injury or something like that. In the beginning of this pandemic, everybody was getting diagnosed as a COVID positive person. You could have never had COVID in your life. You could have tested COVID negative. You could have never had COVID, but that's what they were diagnosing everybody as COVID. So that's why I don't personally believe in the numbers that the state is actually saying. Yes, are the numbers high? I'm not disagreeing with that. Are they somewhat true? Yes. But there's also a lot of false net positives because, as I said to you before, people were dying from heart attacks, cancer, uh, head traumas, you know, things, bleed outs, uh, femur, uh, tra- et, cetera,
0: et, cetera, et, cetera. et
1: cetera, et cetera, exactly. But like they're diagnosing as COVID and those were not COVID cases. They were actually medical diagnosed things that people had. But because it was happened during COVID, they didn't want to make, they didn't want to not diagnose them with COVID. Because as you know, if you pass away during the COVID period, once you were di- once they said you were diagnosed with COVID, you were not able to have a normal funeral. So you couldn't have like a normal wake. You couldn't bury somebody. Automatically went from the morgue in the hospital to a funeral home to a uh, cre- crem- crematory center. And Wait, your family didn't yes, get to have yeah. that that experience of an actual funeral. So let me let me still let me ask you right.
0: So mm-hmm. you're 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 stating that since COVID started right, mm-hmm. they were just checking off everybody had COVID right. Right. So do you think right? Um. Mm-hmm. Them not knowing were sp- we're spreading the virus even more because once you went to the hospital and even though you don't have COVID, they checked you off and now they're pushing you in with people that have actually COVID. So they they call it containing, but we're, isn't that a form of spreading it? Because somebody that doesn't have it now, now has it.
1: So basically, like you're saying, what, what you mean is like isolation. So basically, you went into the hospital and you said, okay, uh, they, you might have said, I'm COVID negative. I don't believe that so much, if you were healthy, you go in hospital, for example, you broke your wrist, you have a sprained wrist. I don't believe so much that um, they were making you COVID positive patient. So you were being with COVID people. If you were dead, and I mean, I'm exaggerating on dead, because if you were passed away or you had a condition that made you, you know, unfortunately you passed away in that sense. Um, that's when I would say that they were actually saying, yes, you're a COVID positive checking off the checkbox when you were healthy and you went in the hospital because you had a broken wrist or you had a broken leg or anything in that nature. And there's a lot of more that would, that are not as threatening as, you know, so, uh, put a pneumonia or something like that. I don't believe that they were checking off the boxes. Um, remember in the beginning we didn't have rapid testing so everything was getting sent out to a lab it took days it's still to this day could take five to seven business days for you to get a lab testing and rapid testing is not 100 percent accurate so you get a lab testing now five seven five to seven days you're waiting and then you have to quarantine so it's a lot it, it we need to we do need to do something better um, and personally, I think a vaccination is not the way to go as of right now. But the problem with this vaccination is that schooling and, I, and the guinea pigs is, and this is what I, my personal beliefs are, are going to be children. Why? Because children need a flu shot in order to go to school. Children need certain shots in order to be put in a public school. If students are not, and I, I mean children and students in the grades between K and 12, kindergarten and 12th grade. Uh, which is grammar school high school in in our area they 're going to be the guinea pigs because they 're going schools are going to make them get these vaccinations because they 're going to have no choice. so what are parents going to do they 're going to vaccinate their child obviously they can 't afford to miss work they got to you know pay bills they got to and they miss so much work already kids are in virtual learning and it 's a headache but they 're going to be the ones to be able to that are going to get this shot before an adult does because we do you, can you, say no. Think,
0: uh, as a, as a <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you think, as a soon to be psychologist, do you think virtual learning is a good idea?
1: Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, I don't have children of my own. I have two godchildren one is six, one is two. My six year old godson is in first grade, and I believe that it's it's terrible. Um, this is, and this is my opinion, right? This is, keep, it's keep. Uh, just give me just one second. It's keeping. It's actually, I believe, slowing down kids because they're not getting the education that they actually need. The difference between, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm a college student currently. I personally don't like taking online classes because I don't get that experience, that one-on-one with the professor or with that teacher, understanding something asking those questions and those type of things cannot be done on a virtual learning and i believe that children are being f- are falling behind because of that you're not getting that speech therapy you're not getting that uh, english as a second language you're teacher. not getting you're that not,
0: attention you're not on getting
1: one. you're not getting all those special needs which what what they would call be called on a virtual learning type of thing where you would get that if you were in an actual school facility i and think that's I,
0: like uh like uh how do i explain it like that's like an f you moment because you have mm-hmm. you have society that's criticizing that the education of the uh, of this state or this day is not good enough now they're obligating you all right basically f you now go and teach your kids your own you know right and and some parents can't bad.
1: and some parents
0: can't imagine someone like for
1: example i'll use an example my godson's mom my godson's mom is a uh, pharmacy technician. She works in Jersey Medical Center from seven to three and then works a second job. She's a single mom and works a second job at night. So when does she have, honestly, if it wasn't for paying someone to take care of her like to be able to do that work with her child, how would she have the time to take care of the needs and the, the things that her son needs to progress through her, his schoolwork and also provide and make sure he has a home over his head? Yeah, And that's a, pro- that's the problem that we're facing yes, yes, and yes, people yes. don't realize that um, single parents, it's not easy. And not only that, but you might have a single parent that is not from this area or doesn't understand it speaks a different language. You were born and raised in, 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 in the United States and you speak English and you understand English writing and you can understand that, but your mom or dad might not have been from here. Maybe they're from a different state, a country or they're from a different area and they only speak that language might what it, it might be Spanish, Arabic, you know, Portuguese, whatever your language is, they can't help you. So where do you go to get that help? And that's the problem. We're not giving children and young adults the n- tools as being virtual learning as we do as college students. We have a little bit more because they have already experimented and they already been through that. A lot of colleges, you know, been doing online learning for years where these schools don't have that. Technical difficulties, uh, apps not working, things like that. And it's, and, it's and,
0: and right now, um, breaking news, if you didn't know, uh, my son, uh, there's a possibility that he's autistic, right? hmm So, uh, last week, we had a virtual appointment. hmm And this appointment was to diagnose to see if he has it or not. Okay. It's totally fucking difficult. Totally, to- totally fucking difficult because, first of all, my son is in his, in his comfortable zone, which is right. my house, right? His and house. You, yeah. And now you have somebody on a, on a small box trying to evaluate his condition, mm-hmm. and he's not paying no mind, no mind to it, right? No mind that somebody uh, it's on this small box trying to see, hey, interact with him. He has no idea. You see, right. you know, we see him on our laps. We put in front of him from that. He he's in, you know, he's a big fan of the Super show, right? Mm-hmm. And he's hey, Super Wings on he has his toys. He's not in that, and it's it's difficult. And, and someone that
1: deals with evaluations, because I also do my own evaluations in behavioral health, uh, it's a little different than autism. And I also, am, I deal, I also mentor um, a student that has autism um, and Asperger's syndrome. Um, I am a mentor for... But
0: what do a- you do in that, right? So I'm asking this, I'm presenting you my situation, Right. Um, but in general. Like you in your profession, you're 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 going through. You see, how do you how do you handle that being being that person trying to evaluate?
1: So on the flip side, so that's why I, that's what I was getting yeah. to. So like um, the reason why I'm bringing up my situation is I mentor someone, right? So I mentor someone that's a freshman. He's in college. It's a brand new environment. Now, someone that has autism, they're used to a schedule. They're used to doing the same things every single day. They're used to somebody helping them. They're used to somebody being there. Where when you get to college, bye bye. All that's gone. It's not, you're not going to have that person there. You're not going to have that person telling you you got to do this. You got to do that. It doesn't happen. So what do I do? So how did I? How do I go about evaluations? Right. Evaluations are also not done. No uh, question.
0: First. You're evaluating person to person or through the small box laptop virtual. Yeah.
1: So that's where I was going to. Okay. Got it. Um. So I also have an office. Um. I work with a psychologist. So we work, in, we have our own offices um, and I work in a behavioral health center. Right. Um, that's where I'm internshipping right now. Cause I do need an internship for college. Um, and so like you said, it's not like you're one-on-one in my office mm-hmm. and I also deal with children. So I also can you know, relate to what you're talking about, but I also deal with adults. So This one-on-one situation is not the same when you're in my office or when I'm at your house. Because in the past, when you're doing an evaluation, most psychologists, most therapists go to do a home evaluation or they'll do an office evaluation where we take the parents and we tell the parents, okay, go away for a little bit. We're going to evaluate your child at home we do a home evaluation why do we do two separate evaluations and people ask this all the time we want to see what your child is like at home with mom and dad there and with in our office where they're not home in a different environment they're not in their comfort zone they're outside of their comfort zone and see how they act there and mom and dad obviously we try to get them out of the room there because we don't want them to know that mom and dad is there or just mom or just dad because sometimes that happens too broken up families. Um, So we do these evaluations to try to see how your child interacts while while the parents are not there and out of their comfort zone. That's the whole point of the evaluation. So that's the first evaluation we usually do. How do I do this evaluation when A, the child's at home. So we do usually do a home evaluation, but we go there. B, the child's in a little box. And like you said, and I personally know your son, but He's in his comfort zone. His toys are there. His uh, his you know the TV's on. He's watching what he wants to watch. Mom and dad are there. He has the juice he likes. He has the snacks he likes. He wants something. He's going to go and get it. Where if he's in someone's office and we have rooms that we do evaluations, we mm-hmm. have toys, we have all those type of things. It's not his comfort zone. He's not going to go grab that bag of chips off that that table. He's not going to go grab that juice cup off the table. He's going to realize that, hey, this is not my environment. This is not my comfort zone. I can't just go grab whatever I want. Oh, yeah, you can grab the toys. Of course, they're there for you to play with. And that's why we're trying to see how you evaluate, evaluate what you were there. But if you're in a little box, I can't evaluate you the way I would evaluate you normally. And that's the problem. And I see that as an issue. And that's something that you brought up because it's not an easy thing as being on the flip side of it either because we can't see everything we don't have cameras that are giving us a 360 view of your home we only have a little box camera a little skype camera a little laptop camera whatever you want to say a little webcam that
0: can and see bad the area bad internet by wi-fi
1: yeah and that's that's another thing like the wi-fi messes up the, the, the camera freezes Now I just, my my evaluation is all screwed up because I couldn't see for five or 10 minutes. So now what do I do? That's five or 10 minutes that I lost. And that's five or 10 minutes that I could have evaluated your child or an adult or whoever I'm evaluating that I lost. And that sucks, we lost. But not only that, but this time on your evaluation that I could have evaluated something or maybe saw something that I didn't see for the last half hour I evaluated. And that's an issue. And, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of people on Wi-Fi right now. A lot of companies, you know, have tons of people on Wi-Fi, and that's yeah. normal. But, like, it's more than ever because we have all this virtual learning going on. Mm-hmm. But people, like, in the medical field, we're doing virtual calling. Doctors are doing it. I I see specialists myself. Uh, I have a couple medical dis- conditions that I'm going through, and it's a virtual appointment. I don't want to go through a virtual appointment. I can't get that relationship with my doctor, excuse me, with – Through a camera. You don't know who I am. All you see is a video chat. And a video chat is not going to tell you who I am. That doesn't give you really my personality. That doesn't give you all the things about me. So imagine a kid, a three or four year old, five year old kid, or even a two year old going through this process and doesn't understand obviously what he's going through or what she's going through. But they also have to do it on a virtual setting. It's terrible. And... Personally, um, right now, my office, we have stopped evaluations, so we're not doing evaluations due to the fact that we can't do an actual in-office visit um, because of COVID, unfortunately. But we've stopped it because all of us got together um, with all the doctors, all of us students that are in there, all of the interns and everybody. We said, you know, we can't do proper evaluations. And are one you, of are
0: our you boss- also uh, – do you do – you, are you having – Online classes or you actually are going to university?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I'm also an online student. Uh, my classes are fully online. Absolutely no in-class uh, courses. So I actually sit behind a computer and do actually Zoom calls. Uh, with, uh, I had a class this semester once a week on Tuesdays from 6 to 8.30. And I actually sat in front of a computer. Now imagine as a 23-year-old college student adult. I'm an adult. Mm. I can't sit in my own house Behind a computer for two and a half hours. I'm getting up, I'm going to the bathroom, I'm going to the refrigerator, I'm going to get a snack, I'm going to eat dinner. I'm You're not focused. I, I have the TV, the bed's right there, and I can't sit for two and a half hours. And it's a two and a half hour course, right? Imagine these kids that are trying to sit there for six, seven hours. How do they feel? How can they do it? Because I child. personally can't. A exactly. Child. I personally can't. And I'm an adult. And you know your bed is there. Oh, I'm a little sleepy. I'll go lay in the bed. Oh, you, I'll you get back like, to you see like
0: parents that post on social media. I've seen a couple mm-hmm. that their their kid uh, straight out just falls asleep. Right. On top of the laptop.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a po- It's not easy. Absolutely not easy at all. But that's the thing that I'm talking about. Like this virtual thing is good, but it's bad. And like another thing too, when we do go back to a normal society, where schools are able to open and we're able to, you know, we're going past this COVID thing. There's not going to be no longer snow days when you and I went to school or, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. our past generations went to school. It's going to be, you have that laptop. We're going to do a virtual school learning today. You're Mm -hmm. not getting that school day off. And that's, 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 that's what kids lived for. Like, you know, it's snowing outside, we're, oh, it, maybe we'll get a snow day. Oh, maybe we'll get to go in school late. We'll get to sleep in. Or maybe we'll be able to go to play in the to snow today. You know, things like that. Kids are not going to be able to do that because now technology has grown so much that we can do everything from home. I think we I think this that. is going
0: to I think my opinion, right? I think uh this ed- education shit. if you if you're not a if you don't have the right resources or you're not a wealthy family, right? Mhm. Um, and you can, you can pay somebody like right now. I'm, I'm thinking about investing on somebody, uh, to come in and, and homeschool my son. Right. Okay. Because I feel, I feel there's nowhere to take him. And my son is so young that virtual learning is not going to do anything. Right. You know, and I think education wise, and this time, these, these young kids and, uh, teenagers, that need education the most is going to hurt them for in the future.
1: Absolutely, I agree. With if you, so. if
0: if they do not do their due diligence and be proactive, absolutely. You get I what I'm saying?
1: I definitely agree with you. And uh, going back to your you know your son who's only four, it's sad because he never acts for this. You know, none of us ever acts for this virus, but your son has something that he needs someone to work with him on a one-on-one basis and might outgrow it um, and be able to overcome it and actually be a functional, and we're not saying he has autism, but a fun someone that's on a higher spectrum of autism. And like you said, it's crazy because we're not, we're not, I mean, we're not poor, but we're not wealthy either. So we have to, some of us might have to go get that extra job to be able to provide our children with things that would normally come if we were in a regular school setting and now we have to go out of pocket and maybe pay a thousand dollars a month just for our child to get education and the proper tools that they need just to progress in life and if you have a child that's not willing to progress and they don't want to go through the process well they're just going to go through the system and that's just annoys me even more because they shouldn't have to go through this. Well, let, let,
0: let's take a, a step back and go back to when I stated that if um, paramedics are not respected for their, mm-hmm. their, their career, yep. uh, I, I want to go a step further now and say uh, teachers are undervalued.
1: Yes, you know? absolutely. If you
0: go to um I wrote in a small article, a small blog in which uh, I, I, uh, uh, I think last year I went back to Puerto Rico after like 10 years mm-hmm. and I visit my, um, my, my hometown school elementary and it broke my heart because it's been closed for over five years. Five years it's been closed and I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my son and I'm looking at my wife and I'm just lost in my thoughts. I'm like, this is, this is, this is a place where dreams came true.
1: You know, this is
0: this is where teachers used to inspire us. You Mm -hmm. know, you you hear people say sometimes, hey, I wanted to be a teacher because I had a great teacher. She inspired me or this and that. And right now you you have good teachers, but then then you have um, teachers that just babysit. Right. Right. But in this moment and time we're in um this is when we need teachers the most
1: absolutely and and you know people say oh teachers this teachers that they get paid a good salary they're off all the holidays they're off all this throughout the whole summer yeah that's part of the deal with teaching but not everybody can be a teacher and personally that was my first dream to be a teacher because i absolutely love teaching i i have a a great perspective on teaching But it's not for everybody. Not everybody can teach something. And it's funny you mentioned that because I was actually on a phone call today before, uh, earlier today, after I got out of work. and
0: um, You're inspiring me to go back to school. I actually spoke. uh, I've done, I'm pre-recording a couple of episodes uh, before I release them in January. Uh, And I have to say, so far, this is my favorite episode.
1: Thank you. So... I actually was speaking to a doctor. Um, I, long story short, I, I'm taking a course this semester. I'm filing a formal complaint with, on one of my professors speaking about teaching. Um, you're supposed to inspire me. You're supposed to make me want to come to your class and make me want to enjoy what I'm paying for to get some type of education. Yeah, some,
0: some university professors are just stuck up.
1: Absolutely. So I was sp- speaking to the director of the department. Um, I am that type of person I will go above and beyond because not only did you do something to me, but I think about the next person I don't want that next person, that next student, to have to go through what I went through. So like I said, I had COVID. Um, I tested COVID positive. I was out for two weeks. I was sick i couldn't walk, couldn't move. the after effects, I had hives, I was hospitalized. Um, it was terrible I'm glad but this, I'm glad
0: you're here with us today. Yes, here and, and stronger.
1: Thank you. I, and it's, it's, it wasn't an easy process. It wasn't an easy road. Um, my mom, my dad, my brother, all of us had gotten COVID being in the same household. Uh, one tested positive, then the next one, the next one, the next one. And it's, it was the compassion that this man had was terrible. He didn't care. It was just like, okay, whatever, you know, like, trying to reach him and things like that and that's not something that you want as an educator even in the lower grades you needed somebody that's going to want to teach you is going to understand where you're coming from going to understand that things are happening at home and that compassion from a teacher your teacher could be your best friend and it's funny that you mentioned that because like i said i was on a call today with the doc with a doctor dr Bredo brado and she's our uh, director at my school. She teaches, our, she teaches a bunch of courses. She actually teaches China. She's, she teaches a bunch of different things. She teaches English as a second language. And she said to me, she said, Sean, I, we, I don't know where the, how the conversation had started, but she said, I knew since my fifth grade year that I wanted to be a teacher. And I hmm. said, how? She said, I had an amazing fifth grade teacher that inspired me to want to teach. And ever since then, the lady is 65 years old, taught 25 years in an elementary school between the grades of kindergarten and grade 12, and is still continuing to teach. She teaches in China. She teaches classes in China. She teaches classes in univers- at our university in Teaneck. Philly Dickinson also has a university in London, China, um, uh, Teaneck, Florham, which is all in New Jersey the two in New Jersey, and we have another location. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. We have five locations. Three of them are out of the country. And she teaches all, she teaches in these different areas. And she's 65 years old continuing. And she's told me today, she said, Sean, I'm not ready to be finished yet. Her husband wanted her to stop after 25 years. She said, you don't need to, you're done. You retired, you're done.
0: And And this is is why, yeah, this is why I, I created my brand. Dream, Inspire, Obtain, to have people like you, individuals like you come in here and talk about that. We need more of that. You Absolutely. know, right now society is taking a hit, but before that hit, society doesn't have that. You have people constantly blogging, out, not even blogging, this video, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur or or this and that, but they're not inspiring. They're right. teaching you how to make money. And sometimes you need more than that. Right, so um,
1: it's not all about like telling you what to do. It's mm-hmm. walking you through the process of how to yeah. do it. And you can you pay need, millions. You, you need
0: dreamers, right? right? Dreamers that inspire others to obtain. You know, right, right now, I have a dream of doing this, right? right. And But as I'm dreaming this, I, I, I'm inspiring because I don't know how to fucking do this, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but it's people see me doing it. For. Yeah, people see me doing it and, it. and you're going forward and doing yeah. it. and And i'm doing it and i'm doing it nonchalant i'm doing it i'm not afraid to fail i'm not afraid to teach and i'm doing it because i want to because i want people to see me and be like hey you can do better or you okay okay or
1: or the opposite around that okay i see him doing it he started from the bottom now he's working his way up and i could do this as well and that's the thing that you have to think about it's not always about yourself and that's exactly at society today we have a problem with. We always think about ourselves and we're selfless and we don't care about others, but you have to care about others. How do you, uh, how do others learn from other people? And I'll never forget. I actually went to a seminar weekend seminar with Sean Callagy, which is a great person. He tells you how to build businesses and all this stuff. And the biggest thing he said was don't be, don't think about yourself all the time. Think about others. Think about how you can do things for others and also help yourself creating that bond with somebody that person is going to tell that hey listen my one of my good friends he's a real estate agent and he said like listen that you talk to that person yeah that day they might not buy that house but guess what that interaction that you had with that person they'll go to somebody else and say hey they'll hear a conversation oh you're buying a house well guess what steven He's a real estate agent and he's he was an awesome person. I yeah. had a great conversation with him, good demeanor. All not, too, you there's know, too
0: much negativity,
1: and that's the problem that we have. You know, like the,
0: the, the teacher you're saying right now, 60 mm-hmm. 65, mm-hmm. and she mm-hmm. doesn't want to stop because she loves yep. teaching. She loved, yep, you know, you, you little does she know that she's inspiring a whole world, right? Because that person she, she inspires can touch other people because Absolutely. of her, you know.
1: Absolutely, and
0: I think it's it's too much negative. You know, there's too much.
1: Absolutely.
0: You know, the I I I tell I tell my wife this all the time, right? Uh, at this moment in my, time in my life, I want to sit in a rectangle rectangle table because I need to sit down on the on the on the head because at this point in my life, uh, I've tried to sit down in that circle table. That um, everybody can eat Mm -hmm. Right But because X, Y, and Z Situations, I'm forced to not Sit in this um, Rectangular table That I need to let people know who the fuck I am And I feel sometimes um, I feel sad Because that's not The person I want to be I want to sit on that round table When everybody can eat because there's food for everyone to eat, right? right? And that's just, like, it makes me think. It's like, there's so much negativity. Like, right. it's so easy to say, to say, hey, don't worry about it. You can do it.
1: Mm-hmm. It's and it's easy, it's easy for somebody to say, but the difference is, mm-hmm. is that person to deal with? Yeah. Is that person also said, I could say to you, Hey, you're low life. You don't have a job. You're, mm-hmm. you know, you're collecting that's from unemployment. Easy.
0: That's actually easier to say, to say but to say, Hey, you can done. do it. Mm-hmm. You can do it. Hey, let's keep doing it. It's so difficult. Why? Yeah. And so
1: the thing is, is that, um, personally I, I can say my, I'm 23. I'm pretty successful. I, I do work for the state of New Jersey. Yes. I work, I work for the insurance company for the state of New Jersey. I work for Medicaid. It is a big deal. A lot of people, you know, it's a position that a lot of people can't get. And it's I don't really look at myself and take success for myself as the way I should. I look at other people and I see good in other people and I see what other people are doing. So if and personally if I see that you're doing well and you could be the same age as me. You could own a million dollar company. You could be making millions of dollars. I don't treat you differently because of what you did. I don't treat you differently because you make millions of dollars. I treat you the way I would want you to treat me. And yes, you could make millions of dollars or you can make $10 an hour. That means nothing to me. What What the most important thing about it is how you treat me and how I treat you. And the problem is when people go above someone else, they don't know how to treat people below them. They always think that people below them are not as good as them. They think That's they're better. My than my
0: my um my ex boss, right? And this is uh, somebody that you know I still admire because she's a woman. She's a VP. Mm-hmm. She's worked her ass. But you know, it's like a bittersweet. Um, I had this situation you know, where. Uh, we, uh, I was, I, I'm going I was an operation manager. Uh-huh. I managed over 20, 30, let's say 50 plus sites. Uh-huh. The state of New Jersey, Connecticut, New York, um, Connecticut, New York, Staten Island and here in Jersey city. Right. Uh-huh. So it was, uh, an account where basically, um, the manager of the account basically t- told me to my face that um, he didn't want the guy there because he didn't like the way he looked. And when he, sa- and when he when he told me that, and I questioned, what do you mean? And he repeatedly, he looked me dead in the eyes and said, I don't like the way he looks. Do you see what I'm doing? Mm-hmm.
1: And a lot of these corporate 500 people are looking mm-hmm. for those that special person. They don't want that person that doesn't look the way that they want them to look mm-hmm. to be in that in that corporate office. Even as a security officer, I worked security. I had my store license. Was an operations manager for a security company as well. Um, and I've I've been through that that as well because you could have the best security worker. That person could work their asses off and be the best person for that position, but because they don't fit. That mm-hmm. corporate 500 world, that... It
0: wasn't even a five, 500. It yeah, was, but just it was think a about fucking it. factory. Okay? But think about
1: it that way. They're looking for those corporate 500 people to come into mm-hmm. that facility and see that corporate 500 person. And that's the problem. And to tell we you all that. think with a corporate 500 yeah. client set, set that we don't think about how that person actually is. And that person could be... could Maybe all right, he needed a little ironing in his clothes or sending to the dry cleaner, pressing his pants. Little things like that matter. I, and trust me, I know that because mm-hmm. I work, every day I go to work, I have to be dressed. I'm in a dress shirt, dress shoes, and dress pants. I don't have to dress like that. I could wear jeans and a polo shirt. Mm-hmm. Why do I do that? Why do I dress every day? Not for the compliments that I get because mm-hmm. the compliments that I do get, a lot of people say, hey, Sean, you dress nice or whatever. The thing about it is looking different than the next person that other person that dresses in those jeans and sneakers every day versus the person that dresses every day to work in his dress shoes and his button-up shirt and his dress pants his clothes are ironed he he has that want to do better attitude is going to get that next position before the other person i'm at my job for 90 days and has had four promotions in the last 90 days something that a lot of other people have not done and are Mm -hmm. jealous of but understand the demeanor. I'm on time every day to work. I'm there before I'm supposed to be at work. I do what I have to do. I'm dressed well and and an appearance makes a whole difference because your boss is going to realize that you're there and you want to be there. Yeah. If you're dressed in bummy sweatpants, a t-shirt and sneakers every day going to work, well your boss is going to say you don't really care about your this job. Well, all right, promotions coming around. I ain't giving it to him. But you got the person that has his nice jeans on, yeah. or and dress shoes.
0: Well, and, and casual. The, and you the know? situation I had, it, it was a basically a cleaning person, mm-hmm. and he didn't. He basically told me he didn't want him there because his skin color. So I and that I, happens. And I and I, uh, I, you know, I I did what you did. I put a complaint in because mm-hmm. in, in my level at the moment. I can. Uh, so I, I set up a meeting a couple of weeks. I think passed by, I set up a meeting with my boss, the VP, because, uh, and the times we're in, uh, things as those need to be addressed. Right.
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So,
0: uh, mind you, I set up a meeting, she gets there 30 minutes late. And I had tried to address the situation to see what's you know how to deal with this moving forward right, right, because it's a racial situation that's happening
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, her response was, uh, you're arrogant, and I wipe my ass where your position. I make more money than you right. And then when it comes to the client, you need to shut up and mind your business. And this is a VP of a company. So I took a deep breath. I smiled. Uh, I said, thank you for your time. And I left. And this goes back to um, what what you know? What's representing now? Uh, there's too much negativity.
1: And and that just goes to show if your vice president is talking to a ma- another manager like that, mm-hmm. it goes to show her actual true colors. And how that corporation is actually ran and yeah. how that company's ran. Because if a vice president talks to a manager like that, how are they talking to the low guy on the totem pole that is basically the person that actually does the job?
0: And, and this is a this is a cleaning company, right? Right. When I when I when it comes to cleaning companies, I tell people all the time, you give them respect. You give it's them respect. not an easy
1: job. There's not. Absolutely. Not an easy job.
0: And a lot of people demoralize them.
1: Absolutely, and my my godson's mom actually does works for. She's a pharmacy technician, and at nighttime she cleans banks. She works in Staten Island as a at Bank of America cleaning their banks, and like she says, it's not an easy job. You got to clean the bathrooms. There's women that leave nasty types of things when they have their menstrual cycles, things like really? that. That's gross. And these people, if it weren't for them, how we wouldn't have the cleansiness that we need or we want to see in the bathroom. If mm-hmm. the bathroom is disgusting, personally, I'm not going to that bathroom. If yeah. I have to wait the 30 minutes to go home, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to wait because I personally will not go into a bathroom. That's disgusting.
0: And that, and that moment is what made me start this because uh, I need a platform for people like you to be presented. Mm-hmm. You, you get what I'm saying? There's a voice out there that's not being heard. And it's the voice that we need, right? You know, we need to be a we need to be a, a a little bit more uplifting. If you can't learn something, it's difficult for you to learn something. It's to say, hey, just take your time, but you'll get there.
1: And not only that, have the support. I
0: exactly. think that's the biggest
1: problem that we lack. I think that's an issue we currently lack a lot. Is that we can't support one another. We're always trying to surpass another person versus actually supporting that person and understand, for example, you don't understand something. Okay, no problem. Let me, let me try to explain it another way. And I'm the type of person personally, we could be doing the same exact job and I could know more information than you. But if you get the promotion instead of, I do uh, that, instead of me, I understand that. And Mm -hmm. I, I'm happy for you. And I, I'm not the type of person to say, Oh no, well, Go after yourself. I know more information than you do
0: now. But, but we and live in a world that it's all It's, it's all about that. It's all about politics. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not what you know is who you know.
1: Exactly. And, and that's a big problem in law enforcement. Going back to what we were talking about before and now we're talking about jobs like our regular jobs. But in my, where I want to be, mm-hmm. it's really hard now. Um, it's not about, you know, you could score 95 on the test. You could score 99 on the test. And it's not about what you score on that silver service test. It's about who you know. And as I like to say, who you know and who you blow. Because if you know someone, <laughs> yeah, that's if, a good you know, if you know someone in the political the field, like you just said, no problem, you could score an 85 on the test. And I bet you are going to get on that police field or that police department. But the person that scored a 99 that doesn't know nobody and literally just wants to you know, start a career, they get screwed over because they don't know that person. Or it's good, very political like
0: people out there. There's good people out there, you know, and they get at the worst because they're good. Yes,
1: absolutely. And that's why I personally like, that's my goal uh, to be a crime scene investigator. But I also always have a backup plan. And that's what you always have to have. You can't go go oriented 100%. You need to realize that that might fail. And failure is not something to be sad about mad about failure is something okay how am i gonna fix it and get to where i want to be
0: failure is the best teacher in life you know i've done example i've done a couple of these shows you think each one is a joe rogan or some other guy that's you know Mm -hmm. it's failure is the best teacher there is Mm -hmm. but a lot of people stay um A lot of people fail and and stay at that stage. They don't don't ever want to progress and
1: figure out, okay, I failed. Now let me figure out what I can do to get, to go back and try again. And if you fail again, you get dropped down again. All right. How do I fix it again? Continue Continue and continue and continue. And it's a process that you always, there's always going to be a process. You're always going to fail at something, but the thing that you can't do is stay as a failure. You got to try to bring it back to something that okay how am i going to fix it continue your mind mm-hmm. let it keep going mm-hmm. until you get to the point where you want to be it doesn't happen overnight it's not something that's going to happen overnight progress doesn't come in an overnight period oh. but progress will come and it's it could be the slowest progress it could ever be for example you could have a te- you could start off with a you know clothing business start off with a clothing business nobody knows your line all right you're failing in the beginning. You're not making any money. You're, you only get in a couple of people to buy your product, right? So how do I promote my product to be as just as good as Polo Ralph Lauren or just as good as you know Calvin Klein or Gucci, Louis Vuitton, all those brands? How do I get my brand to be at that level as well? And that's where you have to be. Your mindset has to be in the game, as I like to call mm-hmm. it, like in the game. You you got to be in the game. If you're not in the game and you don't have that mindset to fail, progress, fail, progress, fail, progress. And continue
0: and, fa- and not just or, fail, but fail forward.
1: Or progress, 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 fail, progress, 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 fail. You're going to have some failures in life. Things are don't work. We're not in a perfect society. So mm-hmm. things, you're going to fail. But the thing is, is getting back up and fixing your failures. Don't stay as a failure. And that's something that when I talked and I try to mentor a lot of youth because I want them to realize Look where I'm at at
0: 23 years old. That's work, and a lot of people, a lot of people right now, what what the media does, and not just media, just they they they, they shine something that's not real. Mm-hmm. They they they, and you go on social media, everybody promotes uh, their success, but nobody promotes when they were grinding. Nobody shows right. the document, the documentary of when they were going through the, those hardships and those right. stress moments. How they failed? Yeah,
1: they're failed. Everybody wants
0: excessive. to show when they have the fucking uh, I don't know corporate five
1: hundred million dollar car outside. They don't exactly. show. They don't show when they were driving the to- driving around the Toyota Prius. No offense mm-hmm. to anybody that drives one, but and how they build or the Rat Four, or, or how they build to that Lamborghini and that. Corvette and that Porsche and the, you know,
0: mm-hmm. Mercedes and, and Benz uh, the, the last like couple of years, right? Because it's years, you yeah, know, it Ever since the, the, the internet came in, things has changed drastically. So, Absolutely. everybody wants to go fast forward to the Lamborghini. They wanna, they wanna, they wanna be twenty three and they wanna uh, drive a Porsche, right? And they don't know how to how to utilize or uh, have value in these things that. You're not supposed to get it overnight. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 there's a reason. There's a process. You know, absolutely. Because you need to know the process so you can have a find value in things. Absolutely, and and personally, like you know,
1: I I've, I've been through it. You know, I
0: yes, That's I, me personally that cur- knows you, I understand you.
1: I I never you know people always people when I so in January. Um, I had my appendix removed and I lost my grandmother to stage four cancer the next day. So, so people never lost. thought, thank you. So, the people never thought that I was going to go back to college. They're like, Oh, you're done. You took a semester off. You're never going to go back to college. You're never going to finish your degree. And I took all that negative talk and put it into positive talk. That Flipping. made me want to push Flipping. even more and more harder than ever because I knew I wasn't gonna fail. I I, I, I got stepped back. I was supposed that to yeah.
0: I was supposed to go um, uh, start this semester. I think it's my fourth or my fifth semester for my associate's degree. Uh, I postponed it because it wasn't failure. It was now a priority. My mm-hmm. son is at an age that needs attention, but, right? and I'm and that's my priority right now. Absolutely. When he's okay but it but it's different you know it, there's different things uh but as soon as he gets his valuation, he needs his stuff. I'm going on the grind I'm going on the grind and that's that you know people are people take my situation right and use it as an excuse. I don't use uh-huh. it as an excuse i use it I gotta shift it now I gotta readjust i gotta right. I gotta see what's priority, you know. And that's my priority. But the plans are the same. The plans are the same, and a lot of people take that, you know, not my not my situation per se, but situation and uses as an excuse, and that's so they can't,
1: you know. And that's an issue that we have. We we make a lot of excuses, and and it doesn't matter when you finish. It's about finishing, exactly. and that's the problem. I'm it could take that. you twelve years to get that degree, twenty years to get that degree, but. You started something and you finished something. You didn't start something and just say, okay, well, now my son is got this, this, and this. Or now Mm -hmm. my my wife's out of work, so I have to go pick up another job. Or uh, I, I... I had surgery and I can't work for six weeks and I can't go to school for six weeks, but I'm just going to end everything because that just makes sense. No.
0: There's always going to be obstacles. There's always going to be obstacles.
1: Let those, like I like to say, speed bumps in the road mm-hmm. pull, push you further. You're going to go through speed bumps. Things are going to happen. <laughs> Look, in the last year, I went through having a surgery, having my lost my grandmother, catching COVID, and everything, and I'm still progressing. I'm still going to college. I'm still getting my degree. Had COVID for two weeks. And throughout this semester, last semester, I actually had to withdraw because I couldn't, with the surgery and everything, I couldn't do everything at once. But I'm still progressing to where I want to be. I'm not going to let those major speed bumps, like I always like to say, or that bump in the road, let me fall back. So, where, or let me, or define fail. who
0: you are. Exactly. So that's that. I think that's the major key uh, for a lot of people not able to progress. Is one failure defines them who they are, and defines the rest of their life. And you know, we made mistakes. The person I am now is not the person who I was yesterday. You know, and right. failure has to be moved forward. You can't right. drown in that moment because then you will never do anything with your life. Right, and I and think. Take-
1: Take the negative, excuse me, negativity mm-hmm. that people give you and make it positive. Yeah.
0: And I and make I, that
1: negativity
0: that's why you make have push yeah. further. And that's make why you that have... negativity
1: make something for yourself. Prove not only prove all those people, but prove mm-hmm. to yourself that you're oops, exactly. Sorry. Prove to yourself that and show all those other people that talked all that negative stuff about you. That you are better than mm-hmm. what they what they said, or what they do, what they did to you, or exactly. how they treated you, exactly. because that's gonna hurt them more than you, that's gonna hurt them more than what they actually said. Yeah. That that you could wipe off your shoulder, but you doing something more that they thought you weren't gonna do, and they're not able to do because they want to talk all that negative bull crap about mm-hmm.
0: you. Do you think? Do you think? That because we have so much negative, um, just put it just in general, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and not enough of, of um, positive energy, um, role models. That's, that's why we have so many uh, suicide cases.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I personally do believe that, su- that we have a lot of suicide cases because we don't have those. People can't, don't confide in other people. And they don't feel comfortable with talking to others. And that goes back to my communication thing before that I mentioned, because it takes a lot to commit suicide. It's not something that is not that you do your overnight. It's not something that decide that you decide you're just going to do. It takes, it's an actual thought out process. And these people that commit suicide most of the time are very, very smart individuals, the Mm -hmm. way they plan out their suicides and the way they plan out how they're going to do it and all of this stuff. It's not regular smo Joe going to go through all this trouble to commit suicide. But, and I don't mean to make it seem like it's not something real because it Mm -hmm. is real. Suicidal attempts are real. Suicidal, actual suicidals are very real. Um, And we joke around, people joke around and say, oh, I'm going to commit suicide. Yeah. I actually try and do it and actually saying something and actually doing it is two different things. And that's something that I could say, people joke around and say, Oh, I'm going to commit suicide. Oh, I'm going to cut my wrist. Oh, I'm going to do this actually do it and see how much or how much, see how much balls you actually have mm-hmm. to actually do it. Because those people that actually do it, they're not doing it because they wanted to do it. They're doing it because a bullies, they're gay. Not, and their family reasons, doesn't,
0: X, Y, and Z reasons,
1: exactly reasons and reasons that they're they, basically they have, they feel like they have no one else. Most of the time when you, when it's a suicide and they do live, they tried to make the attempt because they're, they felt they were alone. They didn't have those, that person they could go and talk to and say, I'm feeling down or I'm feeling this, or I'm feeling that they didn't have that person. And that's why I always say there's always got you always try to have that one person in your life. Maybe it's a loved one or a friend or anybody that you could just always express how you feel and always know that they're going to be there for you. Me growing
0: up, uh, I grew up in a in a uh, difficult environment, right? I didn't have everything you stated that we should have. Mm -hmm. I had a mom. I didn't have a dad. Uh, I grew up my grandparents, in which they're already they're already elder. It's different. Right, you know, uh, I was uh, the streets uh really raised me, right? Mm-hmm. And I had all those emotions that you just sated, and that once um, maybe it was just pride, right? try I, I never had that once moment of suicidal thought, right I, I I had a lot of bullies. it was a lot of bullies. And I know at a very young age, I came to realize, uh, mind you, I'm living in Puerto Rico. Right? Mm-hmm. This is like it's not a third world, you know, third world country, right? But motherfuckers are savages, mm-hmm. you know. So I, at a very young age, I had to tell myself, who do I want to be? Right? Who'd I wanna be? Do mm-hmm. I wanna be a sorry, depressed little boy, or do I want somebody people can respect up? Right? Mm-hmm. Now uh, my wife and I I said uh, earlier that we went to Puerto Rico.
1: I've actually been there myself. Yeah.
0: I went to I took my wife for the first time in Puerto Rico and she got to meet who I was. And see. And see through people's reactions and and stories to mm-hmm. see who I was. I wasn't now that I'm at this point in my life, I wasn't um very proud of who I was. You just leave okay. it at that, right? Yeah. But this goes back to the whole conversation that. People suicide and people in my situation, we need more of just, I, I don't want to say, you know, positive role models, but we need more people say, you can do it. It's going to be okay. It's a process. We need more of that. And you need those people
1: you can trust because I've been through thick and thin, uh, family members in and out of the corrections faci- yeah. facilities. Yes. Family members I grew, that grew, I grew
0: up. up going to see my my stepdad and my father, my stepdad, fucking, that what is it, that jail right by Kearney? Kear, uh, the Kearney, um, Hudson County. Um, yeah, in and out, every weekend. I grew up as a child. And I, you know, I,
1: I have family members that are in and out of jail. I have family members that just committed a murder that's in jail. I have yeah. family members that are everything. And it and sucks. The thing is, is that I've been exposed to so much. That I can't, I don't judge somebody. Yeah. You could be the baddest, worst person in the world, but I will be there for you and listen to you. Mm. And that's what the that's something that I have. I have a heart. And it's not only a heart, but it's something that I've grown to learn how to do. Because you never know what somebody's going through. They could have exactly. a, a smile on their face. They could go to work every day, act like nothing's wrong. But deep down inside, you, something might be going on with them. And that's the day that they you, you get that phone call or you get that email or you get that message or however that that person commits suicide. Because you knew something was wrong, but you never went to that person to talk to them. And I could judge it from a mile away. I mean, that's not besides my, you know, that's what I'm going mm-hmm. to school for. But before that, before that, I could judge somebody's demeanor. I could judge your... The way you walk, the way you talk that day, the way I could judge that from a mile away. And I always was that person. I always knew when something was wrong with someone. I could just tell. And I, I'm i a social butterfly, like I like to say, and I can mm-hmm. talk to literally anyone. Yeah, yeah and that's,
0: yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one thing I admire you the most ever since we, we met back way back. Uh, I am not a social... You know, maybe because uh, the environment I grew up in or I was in so many years that it's difficult, you know. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that has to do a lot with cultural background. Mm-hmm. Um, I have cousins that are also, you know, of this Hispanic heritage and they're not the same as well, mm-hmm. like as myself. Um, I think that it's a, a, a and I'm, when I mean Hispanic, I mean all types of, you mm-hmm. know, Sp- Spaniard you know, all the different types, Puerto Rican, Dominican, all of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. General, yeah. general Hispanics in a, in a general section. Um, they parents teach them to have this tough build and not to talk to anybody and don't show expression and things like that. And I personally feel that that's not the right way to teach somebody because you, that person like you said, you had all those emotions. You never tried to commit suicide. Uh, It might have been a a thought. It could have been a thought. But all those emotions, you build up so much. And what happens is is you build up all these emotions and after a while, the bubble's going to burst. And when that bubble bursts is when a suicidal attempt is going to decide to come into play. And let me tell you something. I've seen suicidal attempts. I've seen completed suicidals and there's things that i just am like wow you know and i'm happy when it's just a suicidal attempt and i actually get to talk to the person and i actually get to work with them and mentor them and you know go through that process and i i absolutely love it um i love being a mentor to younger people i love being a mentor per in general um not only to people my age but even a older you know people that a conversation you know Just that conversation, it might be over a Starbucks coffee or Dunkin' Donuts coffee or lunch or dinner, whatever, a drink at the bar. It's just that you letting off that emotion and that steam and understanding and understanding that somebody's there for you to talk to. Because that can mean so much to someone thinking that they're alone and they have nobody. Nobody cares for them and nobody wants to be around them and nobody this, nobody that. There's always going to be that one person that will be there for you and that will want to talk to you and will want to understand what you're going through and you might not confine in that person but mm-hmm. you get to know them build a relationship be able to talk to them things like that and it's it's easier said than done um, for a lot of people for myself i I think that I'm more easy for somebody to come to me but for in me to yeah. than, for, than for me to go to someone else um, and I don't want to say it's so much pride, but being in the psychology field and things like that, I guess it does have to do with pride because I don't want another. I don't want to have to go to another psychologist mm. and that's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. A lot of psychologists go to see another psychologist because you're dealing with all these problems, listening to everybody else, yeah. Problem. but you need to express yours too, to someone else. Um, and it's like I said, it's easier said than done, but definitely something that, you know, I'm not ashamed of uh, talking to somebody, going to talk to somebody, going to talk, seek medical help, things like that. You know, a lot of things have happened. Um, traumatic episodes. Like I said, I've had PTSD. I've been through, you know, family members that. So, been incarcerated. You're, well, you're a lot basically, of shit has What you're basically saying happened. is that And I've people, been
0: exposed to so much. What you're basically saying <laughs> is, that, is that people shouldn't be afraid and take that step in helping themselves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Especially for themselves. Absolutely, uh, and I totally agree with that. I think uh, there's a, in certain communities, uh, not even this is let's just speak the truth in general. Whether you're poor, middle class, rich, there's always somebody or, or a certain group that try to almost degrade you because you helped yourself.
1: Absolutely, and that was the that was my next uh, point. That uh, after you uh, said you know what you were said, is that we worry so much about what other's people think that actually think. what we need to do we're worried about getting the help because somebody's going to say oh you're going to see a shrink or oh you're you're crazy or all oh, this it's not about being crazy it's not about going to see the shrink it's not about that it's the you people need to realize that it's about i want to help myself i'm in a stage in my life that i know is unhealthy for myself And I know that I need help and I'm a bigger person because I'm willing to go get that help. And I'm a bigger person because I understand, I know that something's wrong with me and I'm not myself. And, and that I value in somebody so much being able to come out and say, Hey, listen, I need help. And I, something's wrong. Something's bothering me, things like that, because that shows that, okay, you know, something's wrong and you want to get the help that you need. And (laughs) I will never, ever think to say to somebody oh well you're an idiot you don't know what you're talking about or oh well going to see going to get help is is yeah you you don't you shouldn't go it's totally so it, it's totally so so ignorant just uh,
0: on their part because exactly. especially listen uh i want to say this right in this in this phase of covet that we're in wow. um uh, like, if you go on TV, right, you see all these people, men especially, right, not groomed, looking like shit, like straight up shit, like a, 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 a talk, a famous, let's say, a famous uh, ho- uh, talk show host. Mm-hmm. And you see him on social media, he's not groomed, doesn't have a haircut. Like, they're going through something, you know? They're going Absolutely. through something. Absolutely. Because for you to just because like like for me like I if I choose to leave my beard grow my beard grow it's because I, I want that state I want that stage I want that, but in this whole pandemic I've learned how to cut my hair I already know how to shave myself I've learned how to cut my hair, and like in this whole pandemic I have not looked like a bum, in other words, but do mean, you see other <laughs> other people have done that. I and, mean, I
1: it's it wasn't easy, you know, yeah. getting a barber getting yeah. if you don't want to do but like, it's you self-care do it yourself, you know yeah absolutely like shaving things like that okay i mean what are you gonna do you gotta shave you gotta take care of yourself like some people don't i i understand you know that that whole thing because like some people with their skin and things like that if they shave themselves they you know they break out things like mm-hmm. that i get that but like for example myself barbershops were closed thank god i don't grow hair like that but like what do you do mm-hmm. you're gonna go find you're gonna figure out how to cut your own hair or do you pay the guy that's willing to come to your house in a double what you would pay for a normal haircut, which is what I personally did? Nah,
0: brother, I, I, I've all my life, I, I've known how to groom myself. Uh, now, cut hair and try to, you know,
1: Make fade lines. away. Listen,
0: there's, some, there's some, day, some some weeks I'm not proud of, but I've taken that initiative because of self care. I think in this pandemic, a set of people trying to get back to themselves. And, and try to help them, whatever, they, you know, with a workout, read a fucking book, you know, help their men. So I think a lot of people have just laid back.
1: Well, can you, can you, di- I mean, honestly, I wouldn't, I agree because, like, look at it in the beginning. So many layoffs, right? Mm-hmm. The government is giving you your regular unemployment plus an extra $600. Some people were making more on unemployment than what they were making in a job. Yes. So now I'm, I'm comfortable at home. Why do I need to go find another job? Why do I need to do anything? I'm comfortable sitting at home and doing absolutely nothing. And I'm not saying as a jealous person, because I'm not I'm not jealous at all. Um, I worked throughout the whole pandemic.
0: Me, you, me and you. I
1: didn't get the opportunity that a lot of people got. And I'm not jealous of them, but I would wish people would have took that opportunity and decided to get educated or, you know, decided to do something with their time versus spend all the money and buy all these crazy things
0: when they really didn't have the money to do it. Exactly.
1: It's just crazy to me. It's just, I don't, I don't understand where people's mindsets were. And that's the thing that we go through, you know?
0: Yeah. I've, in this pandemic, I think, uh, uh, I build a deck. I, Red, redid my whole website because the first time I did it myself and this time I'm doing it myself i've um invested in my comp- my t-shirt company um invested in this, in trying to better my son's education and his state you know invested in myself because i've i I've gone through some stuff. This 2020, I've gone through some stuff. I've gone, I'm not going to share here. And for all my listeners, uh, please don't judge me. And if you do, well, fuck yourself. Uh, I, I've, I've actually taken the time out and, and gone therapy. You know? Uh, so in this pandemic, why other people have sat down and, you know, gotten overweight. I've taken this liberty and invested in myself. And everything, and my personal, my work, and my business, I saw this opportunity, and I'm like, shit, this is the time, mm-hmm. this is the time, so that when 2021 hit, if you know, hopefully we're we're not in this pandemic stage, and we're we're going to and, and finding some norm. I'm prepared. I don't think a lot of people are. Uh, there's a lot of people that are working right now, and you can literally tell in their face that they don't want to be there.
1: I mean, we all have those days that we don't want to be there. Yeah, but
0: it, now, right? it's now it's yeah, permanent. Yeah, it's permanent.
1: Why? Because those people that, that have that on their mind were c- those people that were like, oh, fuck, I was out of work for a year collecting great unemployment. Yeah. And look at it, and then you got those people like my parent, like my mom. My mom is out of work. She works in the entertainment business. My brother, he works for Elton John, which is, and travels with him. They're out of work, but they don't nice. know when they're going back.
0: Yeah. But what do you and do? To, listen, and what one, is my thing, brother- one thing, one thing that people uh, forget to realize and understand is that time, you know, if if we come out Like, I guess that's my, that's me, right? I can't, I can't, I I can't obligate. Not everybody's going to be like me, right? Absolutely. Right. Time for me, it's not money. It's not fucking valuable. It's time. You get what I'm saying? And I, I try to take the use of my time properly. We're not always going to be in a pandemic. We're not always gonna, you know, be go through what we're going through. So time is the essence, and I, I need to use it as maximum as I can. And this time with this pandemic, which is the government's helping us and all this shit we're going through, I need to better myself. Mm-hmm. So that when it's time to fucking break loose, I'm able to sit here and inspire like you have inspired me. I'm able to uh able when I when I'm told again. That uh, my position means shit to them and they wipe my ass with their ass with it. I know how to hold my composure and not let my emotions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I'm taking a t shirt order and they, they're trying to um, say, oh, yeah, I could get it and, and this other place for cheaper, I'm able to say, hey, that's fine, but the, the quality is not going to be the same. And if it was the same, if it if, if, if it was good quality, you wouldn't be here right now. Mm-hmm. So please, with all due respect, you know, you know, take your business elsewhere. You know, I'm able to just not worry about my son because my son has put in the work, and I've I have myself have invested the work for my son to be okay. So what are what are you taking? What skill have you learned? What book have you read? What 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 have you done that? have taken time and gave it value? What have you done? Because if, you, if you're fucking sitting on your, on your chair or on your couch or on your bed watching fucking, I don't know, uh, what's, what's hot right now? Um, what's hot right now on TV? I don't fucking, because I don't watch TV. I watch all day Super Wings on reading something trying to educate myself in something you get what i'm saying
1: i mean i i get yeah i get where you, i get your point too absolutely because you had all this time on your hands now you decided to do something with it right and look at it some look at it in somebody else's perspective too look at my brother i mean i i see my older brother as a role model because my older brother yes he's laid off mm-hmm. he had an awesome job full-time benefits full every, Awesome, awesome job, right? Where he he works, he's a stagehand. He does lighting and production, and boom, COVID hit, laid off, right? No health insurance, no nothing. My brother works, gets an unemployment check. Not only does he get an unemployment check, right? But my brother also went out and just is on now working doing DoorDash and GrubHub because my brother is is that type of person. My brother the, always goes, wants to better himself. Yeah,
0: here go, here goes to my point, right? everybody's it's enjoying that fucking, that, that unemployment, right? Like you said it uh-huh. before, they're, they're, making, they're making more that they will make in their job. Uh-huh. My answer, my question to them, and I hope no one takes offense this because I've asked it myself, right? For how long? For how long? For how long are you going to enjoy that free money? Or that money that's owed to you? How long? you know, before it runs out. So I decided and I inspire everyone, you know, and I and if, if I can't inspire me, then try to take my advice and, and, and do not take my, my, my way of being, which is dishing out tough love to people. Um, I went out and tried to invest and, and try to build a business, which I don't know if tomorrow going to fucking work. You get what I'm saying? Because everybody's doing fucking t-shirt. I invested in my wife's real estate. You know, I invested in this equipment to, to have this platform for them, you know, for them so they can be here and present like so that, you know what, when the government says, fuck you and takes my unemployment or my benefits or whatever, I still have something to support my family. Right. You know, I'm not I'm not thinking about what I'm going to enjoy now. I'm thinking about what I enjoy in 10 years. The right. fruits of my labor. You know, right. I'm, I'm building a platform to say, hey, if you're if your job, right, because me and you know each other
1: mm-hmm. and
0: the relationship we have, you know, off cameras, it's like a brother. Right. Right. So I can say, hey, this is not much, but I have something if you need a couple of dollars in your pocket, mm-hmm. my table when it comes to you. Right. And it comes to my wife because of my kid. We sit in a round table. Right. You know, so that's what I did. I'm not better than anybody. Right. But this is, this is what I'm saying. I'm trying to use, I'm trying to capitalize my, my time because establishes, because if I have to go back to work, at least I know I'm working, making money or making something useful while I'm at work, you know, and have something that I don't have to worry about.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And when I'm doing this, I'm saying to people, you can do it. It's hard. It's not easy. So you can absolutely. do it
1: absolutely you know? and, and even if you're even if you i mean you go back to work obviously is is a goal that you uh, hopefully you want to do t- making t-shirts is not a bad thing to do on the side and make some extra money
0: i honestly it- i i honestly don't want to go to work i found i've created i've created for myself my passion which is sitting down here and having a di- a, 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 a dialogue in which we're able to. All right, you tell me your point of view. I tell you mine, and I don't want to disagree with you. I don't want to stay. I don't want to stay uh, and die in that hell. I wanna. I wanna hear what you have to say. I wanna hear why you think that way and why you're um, you, you're taking that. I want to understand. I want to be educated. You get what I'm because this whole podcast. You know this whole podcast. You've educated me in so much. There's certain things that at one point we didn't disagree on, whatnot. But I wanted to hear you. I wanted to hear how your mind, you know, your 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 mind goes. What 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 takes that brain of yours? You get what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And it's
1: it's it's something that I have no problem with doing. I love to talk to people. I love to you know, if I can motivate you just a little bit or make you understand something just a little bit more because of the education that I have. And not only the education, but the life skills I have. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I didn't, everything for me was an education and that's something that a lot of people don't understand. It's life. It's life skills. It's going about volunteering. And, and I was an advocate for volunteering. I always loved doing it. I've been on American cancer society boards. I've been on, You know, I volunteered for in the hospital. I volunteered on an ambulance. I did a lot of volunteer work. Why did I do that? For myself. Didn't do it for anybody else. I did it for myself. Why? Because I knew at the end of the day, when I decided that I wanted to go into the field that I want to get into, all that volunteer work looks nice Mm -hmm. for that position that I want to get to, and it's not being selfish. It's not be. It's about knowing what you want and doing what you want because you want to learn and you want that education and you want that, even though it was free education for me and I was Mm -hmm. giving free labor to them, the education that I got, I'm able to bring to other people. And at a such young age, I was able to have those role models. Mm -hmm. I was able to have those people in my life that understood and knew where I wanted to be and could give me that feedback on how to get to where I want to be. And I'm still learning. I'm not ever, ever going to say I'm not learning. I always want to learn. I'm always willing. Anything that somebody wants to teach me, I'm always willing to learn because you never know.
0: And, and, that the, thing, and the key of everything that you stated, the key is communication. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, with people marriages, with, with people's jobs, what's happening a war, a racism that's happening to our brothers, and uh, the black community with the cops and, you know, even with the fucking president, it's communicating mm-hmm. and how you communicate. If you do that communicating, then your next, your, 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 your next learning skill is how to communicate. Right. Where we all can be able to understand. And Absolutely. I think, like I said, COVID hasn't just hit me with the fucking pandemic. You know, COVID has hit me in a in a an a almost intellectual um, way that I need. There's certain things that I need to do. You know, like mm-hmm. example, communicating, um, and that's how it hit me. Has hit me. That's how I have digest this information. And what I'm, I have been doing all this time. And that's what I think, in my opinion, because I could be wrong, you know. You know, to whom is which, right? And I know that communicating is the key for, to have a better society, a better community, a better interaction, a brother, brotherhood, brotherhood a, brother, a brother, a better father, a better husband, a better friend, a better sibling, a better cop, a better president. Its mm-hmm. able to find that decency and respect to communicate with one another, and from the issues we began to now, uh, everything we have discussed and key to everything has been communication. You know you being, you were you were where you're at at twenty three and be able to have all this knowledge on on crime and sociology and all that stuff you had to do it communicating.
1: Absolutely right. And mm-hmm. I
0: think that's, um, that is the key to
1: everything. Yes, absolutely. And like, like you said, communication is a big thing in anything. Uh, you don't mm-hmm. like something that's going on in your job? How do you fix it? Yeah. Communicate with your bosses. Communicate. Tell them, hey, listen, I, I, something's bothering me. It's not going to get ch- ch- fixed or changed. There's going to be no changes if uh-huh. you don't.
0: If
1: you don't, if you don't go and figure out how to properly do it and communicate with those people, you know, it's all about communication. Exactly,
0: exactly, and that's that's one thing that uh, I um I've learned throughout this whole this whole pandemic, Mm -hmm. and maybe maybe if 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 we had a better understanding of let's say this virus you know because you you um you go through the the social media's and and uh, the news everybody has a different takes or they know something different or more and it's not consistent so my
1: opinion on that is don't believe what you see on media fake news fake news fake news because i personally don't watch the news i you know? don't I don't read news articles. I'll read news articles, but I'll read them and then continue to read and learn about the situation, right? Yeah. So when you see something on a news channel or you see something on a TV channel or you see something on that, right? They show what they want to show. They know what the people's going to attract people's attention. It's not the whole picture. They're giving you a small picture versus. The larger picture, and that's the thing. When you read about something happening, you read about a crime, or you read about a cop killing somebody, or you read about whatever, or you watch about it. The problem is, is that people don't actually go back and read and see and you, you find know, I out learned, all the facts before they. Speak.
0: I I remember. You know what you're saying. It, it hits right on the nail. When um, I don't know if you remember what what happened in. in Uh, in Paris. I could be wrong for this, right? I'm not saying, so so please don't crucify me. Uh, Remember what happened with Paris, the bombings and whatnot? Mm -hmm. Um, I can't remember what what, uh, news station, but Charlie Sheen came out that he had AIDS Mm -hmm. at that time. And, like, they blew that shit up. Like, we're having, there's something tragic going on Something in another country that it's you know, I think what it's close to us, we have people over there, you know, they're going through something tragic because we went through that. And then the number one story is, is uh, Charlie Sheen has AIDS. I mean, we all, we all know who's gonna add, he's gonna have AIDS, you know, one time or another, sticking his dick in everywhere he shouldn't have, <laughs> you know, let's keep it G. But you see how. What you're saying they're covering something and put a thing that something is more important. Like that's not even true journalism.
1: So like I said, what is going to get those views on TV? What's going to keep him in that 11 o'clock hour spot, right? Versus something that's not happening in our country. So why do they care? It's not that they don't care about it. Why cover something mm-hmm. that's not going to make a big thing. It happened. Oh, this uh, like you said, Charlie Sheen had AIDS. Holy crap. It's a talk. Everybody's talking about this now. Right. In Paris, I've never been to Paris. Mm -hmm. Next person next to me probably has never been to Paris either. So yeah, they're having bombings, but eh, it really doesn't affect me or you. Mm -hmm. It affects those people in Paris. Yeah, you might have that family member in Paris. You might have somebody, a loved one. It might affect you, but for the most part, it doesn't affect you or I. So, hey, why do we care about it? Now, Charlie shouldn't have AIDS, that affects us because he lives across the water. He lives Mm -hmm. across the bridge. So that's That's the problem with, that's the problem with media. And that's what I said. And I, that's why I dwelled on it. I said, don't always believe what you watch, go and get the factual information. I'm not the type of person personally to talk about something without getting the facts. And I will be, I'll tell you, Hey, I don't know. I'll be straight up and tell you, I don't know. I'm not going to say something if I don't know what I'm talking about or have an idea of what I'm talking about. and I believe in agreeing to disagree. Mm-hmm. I might agree with something. You're going to disagree with it. That's fine. But at the end of the day, we're both going to get to a point where we both agree at least on something. So that way we, the conversation is not that I, I hate you or you hate me and we can't talk to each other or we can't have a normal conversation because we can't agree to disagree. And that's going to happen in a lot of situations, not only in po- political situations, not only in media situations, in any situation. Yeah, you're, you're gonna. There's a possibility you're gonna agree to disagree.
0: So my next. But if, you have to, to be you, okay right? with that. Stating where you're stating, right? My next question is to you: What do you think about these vaccines? What do I think about what? The vaccines, the, the COVID, the the COVID COVID vaccines.
1: Personally, I will not be taking that vaccine. Um, I don't think that these vaccines have been tested enough. I don't think that. These vaccines are something that we should be giving to people yet. Um, it's just way too early for, for I read, me personally I, to I, take it. It's just way too early. I Look read, at it. I, I, we I, still I, don't even know what we, the flu has been around for how many years, yeah. right? We still don't know what goes on with the flu. really. Well, well I read we something. We have a vaccine. I read something the recently that the, the
0: flu each year is different. Exactly. Uh, I, and also in the, in the, um, the, 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 the vaccine For the flu only works 40% Exactly And then uh, I read something else That uh, body, your body protection whatnot, uh, Is 99% And the vaccine for COVID is only
1: 90% Exactly my point So why would I I'm personally not going to take something But they haven't tested enough To even know if it's good enough to be taken
0: My question is why are they actually Minorities I say minorities, probably use probably another word. But they're asking minorities to take them. They, they need the minorities' help to take them. Why can't uh, fuck a fucking billionaire take it? All right, mm-hmm. go ask them. They got money. Mm-hmm. Why does the beat the less fortunate have to be your test, your, your, your test subject?
1: And look at it this way. So, of course, it's just a TV show. And it's, it's kind of it, it kind of like threw me off the other day. So, I'm a fan. I watch Grey's Anatomy. I watch all these mm-hmm. medical shows and all this stuff, yes. right? So we're a uh, uh, new Grey's Anatomy season has started. Um, and I'm watching this, the episodes, whatever. They're talking about COVID. So they had patients with COVID. And one of the patients was one of the doctors on the show, right? And they said, I'm not giving these vaccinations to a doctor. But they're because of all the, the side effects to this medication. So if a TV show is telling you this, and obviously the TV show is not real. It's actors. What, and then you look into vaccinations, and there it's basically telling you the same thing. What makes you think I'm going to take this?
0: Or you go to the doctors, will you take it? It's like no, I want to take it. Exactly. You know, like it's exactly. I don't. uh, It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And And like I said to
1: you, like I said to you before, going back on this, the guinea pigs for hours society is gonna be children they're gonna force children and parents to make sure that they get their kids vaccinated and it's sad because we don't know what these vaccinations are going to do to to our children i personally don't have any but to my cousins to my godchildren, to people that i love and care for their children it's it's sad because we don't know what the side effects are going to be to these medications look at the side effects of flu they're making them seem like the same side effects of covid it's not
0: Yeah, and they can't even uh, pick which one is. They have the same side effects.
1: It's not. You don't know if you have the flu or COVID. I would have never knew that I had COVID. I went on a Monday to get a flu vaccination. Tuesday, wasn't feeling myself. Just thought it had to do with the flu shot. Wednesday, test positive for COVID. Would have never thought I had COVID. Would have thought it was side effects of the flu shot. It was the same type of side effects that I've gotten every year I've gotten the flu shot. Who knew it was going to be like that? The only difference is when I woke up on Wednesday, I couldn't walk.
0: You can I was evolve. in so much pain. My son couldn't walk. And supposedly he had the flu.
1: So much pain. Wow. And then you look out on, on the other side where my godson had it. He's six. He's, he's closer to your son's age. Not one symptom. Thank God. Because I would never want to see him go through what I went through or my parents went through or my brother went through, but it's just sad. it's sad. And there's nothing the doctors can do for you. They literally tell you, take Motrin, take Tylenol, take Advil, take a leave. I, I I, 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 uh,
0: last year at this same time, June, November. I, um, I had the flu. I don't know. It could be, I couldn't even have the COVID. That was su- such early. Um, uh, such an early time it was. Mm-hmm. And, dude, I, I was trembling in my bed. I was, I was sweating bullets. Like, I would just sit down, and I was... I, I looked like I just came out of the shower. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gatorade, um, Peter Light, and cold uh, baths. That's what I did. That's what I did the whole... And I think it, it lasted, like, in a month.
1: The worst part of, one of the worst parts about COVID is the headache you get for like six or seven days. Mm -hmm. That was terrible. Feels like a migraine that never goes away. I had that too. No, you could take whatever you wanted, it would not go away. And sleep, all you did was sleep. Sleep, 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 sleep. And I actually have three coworkers right now at work that have tested positive for COVID.
0: I think everybody has it. I think in general because the first one if if it's because they said something was airborne and whatnot not when it first came out it is airborne Like uh, you can i think everybody has it if the if the president has it had it everybody has it well, the president had it, why did the president have it he's around millions he was around
1: like three hundred thousand people you're the president you uh oh. That's a topic I I can't dis- I don't even want to discuss because that guy gets he aggravates me so much. Boy, they're me.
0: saying he doesn't want to leave office. Yeah, he doesn't want to leave he the doesn't office. You want to leave office?
1: You did nothing for this COVID pandemic. Absolutely nothing. He did absolutely nothing, and that's just my opinion. I'm going to leave it there. But,
0: but Biden, <sighs> Biden's supposedly he's going to close down the states again. It needed to be done from the beginning. Yeah. They should have closed down airports.
1: They should have closed down states. They should have closed everything down. And our governor, all he does is piggyback off of the other states. And, and whatever their decision is, New York's and Connecticut's, New Jersey does too. Governor Murphy does the same thing He uh, they do. This time around, he had actually some balls and actually set curfews and things like that for people, for for our state, for bars, closing bars early and things like that. Because New York and Connecticut hasn't done it yet, but he had the balls to do it. Last time when New York did it is when he changed. it. He changed, it. not because he makes his own r- rules and regulations. He follows everybody else. I can't, he's another one. I, he, I, I just, ugh.
0: Politics, right? It's not I don't understand.
1: It. I don't understand their political
0: views. I don't get it. It's about making money. New York closes down. Nobody's making money. Oh, of course. Nobody's of course. making money. How do, how, do you, how do you pay your rent if a states if the states closed down? But but
1: but think about it this way too. How do bartenders, waitresses, things like that, how do they how do they get their money? I personally am a, I I like to go out to bars, like to go out to clubs, like to go out party and have enjoying fr- fun time oh, with my friends.
0: And, uh, you're a party animal. But that's a, that's a different subject. Hopefully but next time in the podcast we can we can discuss
1: talk about that. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: but the thing is, is that I am not going to go out at 7 o'clock at night and have to come home for 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it. There's no point in me doing that. It's not fun. It's not – usually you go out. You're going out about 10 o'clock at night, mm-hmm. hanging out to 2, 3 in the morning, coming That's home. A, about...
0: that, that some people – I remember when, in my days, 9 o'clock, 9.30 was the time to start leaving to go out. Or starting
1: to get dressed and taking a
0: shower to go yeah, out, yeah. like,
1: not, not, and that's the problem. That's the thing. Like, so I really do feel bad. And I, uh, in my town, they just opened a brand new, a bar and lounge. They um, the owners uh, re redid the whole bar. They put a oh, beautiful bar. They the bar was disgusting and run down and everything and they re-renovated i had to spend at least a hundred thousand dollars to renovate the bar Definitely. and they opened in covid and got shut down by covid and now look at this they got to close by ten o'clock so they're not making any money lost all this money now what do they do you know that that it it bothers me a little bit because it's like they didn't even get a chance you know
0: it's 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 hard it's but it's man. like i' exactly I'm, I'm i'm i am a person that needs to be outside like my my- what i consider to be a you know childhood for me i was outside yeah i was- outside. i need i you know i need you know i hate the winter but you know fuck i need if i could walk and you know go outside and walk like i need that you know mm-hmm. it's therapeutic to me you know, I, I don't understand how people, you know, and, and I apologize if I'm seeing, if I'm judging anybody, because that's not what I'm trying to do. I, I, I don't understand sometimes how people can just sit the fuck down for hours. Like, and play video games.
1: Yeah, I can't do that either. Personally, it's not my cup of tea, and I don't like being locked up in the house. So, like, like I, I have a Switch. Nuts.
0: My wife got me a Switch uh, for my birthday. I can't remember. I think I played it the first three days. Um then I got it and I just, I look at it and I want to play sometimes, but I don't want to sit down. I don't want to sit down and get lost in hours, man. I, it's something is like, I said, like, it's something about time that was like, I I need I need to put my time and efforts in something valuable, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just, I, I don't see, I can't, I had a I had one of my good friends, uh Gene. Uh he he started his new brand, gaming brand, uh Earthling Gene. And I know him like from the Bavreal days, right? He's good at that. That I worked for him. Personally for me, I I can't do that shit. I, I can't. I drive myself crazy. You know when we when, sometimes we were in class with Mr. What's his name? Peacock, Tim Peacock. Shout out to him. And sometimes we would just stay there, like when he hit that. That you got fifteen minutes, we would get up and stretch our legs, <laughs> come back, <laughs> like- come back when when the, like class is almost over. We got you know lose track of time. Yeah, it's unbearable. It's unbearable. Like I'm here sitting with you, and I and you see me mixing with the camera, uh, with the phone, uh, with the mic, and it's it's difficult. It's not um, easy. For me, it's definitely I mean,
1: not easy, and it's like I, it, I'm not used to sitting at a desk all day. So, for me, it's like it's completely different now. Like I don't, I when I was run around at work anymore, I sit at a desk all when, day.
0: When when I was working, me they offered me this job in New York, same company, more money to sit at one desk, more money one desk, and I was like, no, nah. you know, I'm getting not I, my I'm, cup of tea. Yeah, I'm not getting. I'm not getting, uh, um, you know, it's not to say money, but yo, I'm visiting accounts every other day, seeing new people, you know, sometimes it gets tiring, exactly. but it's, it, I can't last longer like that than sitting all day in a damn desk. Absolutely. And that's the thing,
1: like, so my first two weeks of training, I was working from home and I'm like, I can't do this all day. I can't do this every day. Yeah. Like they asked me if I wanted to work from home now. And I'm like, no, I can't work from home. Like. I don't want to be locked in my house twenty four seven. I couldn't do it to be locked in your house twenty four seven. I don't know how people work from home. I cannot do it. Just not me. Everybody has their own opinions, and everybody you know feels some type of way, different ways about it. But just me,
0: I can't do it. It's it's difficult. So it's that is doable. Yeah, that you want to do it. No, that you don't want. you, You know, you're stuck in a. And like a small box all fucking day. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know exactly. You're sucking you seeing the it. same people: your mm-hmm. family,
1: your family, your family, your family. After a while, you get tired of seeing your family. I'm sorry, I love them to death, but yeah, you don't want to be locked need, in a house. You need
0: you need your space, and you need sanity. Yeah. Yeah, man. And when they offered me that job, I you know I didn't hesitate to say I I, I don't think I even told my wife. I just. You know, I couldn't. I'm. I feel like I'm killing myself. <laughs> you know, but you know, it is what it is.
1: Absolutely.
0: All right, brother. I uh, I want to thank you for coming on my show today. Absolutely. Thank you for all the listeners listening. Um, and yeah, man. Uh, where can we find you at? if anybody wants to hit you up, get advice, see what you're doing. Absolutely.
1: So my Instagram is underscore Sean, S H A W N zero four. You're more than welcome to uh, add me on Instagram. Follow me. Um, if I don't reply back to you in a DM or, you know, you message me, I'll definitely get back to you. I don't get much phone access during the day. So it's usually more like a nighttime type of a gig. Um, like I said, I work for the state of New Jersey. So, we deal with people's social security numbers medicaid numbers and things like that so i can't uh, have my phone but i definitely will reach out um yeah most mo- de- most definitely you could follow me on instagram um i think that's the best type of communication um i also have facebook you can look me up on facebook um same thing uh yeah pretty much it and then if you know you need somebody to talk to you need to be you need that friend want to talk to somebody i'm more than welcome to you know, set up some type of thing so you could reach out?
0: Well, like I said, um, go check him out. As you can see, he's an awesome guy. He knows a lot. And when somebody's going through something or you see them struggling with something, you know, don't be afraid to see how they're doing. And if somebody's trying to learn something and you know it's difficult, try to encourage them. You do more encouraging somebody than... You know, saying they can't do it. Uh, So, thank you for joining me today. You're very welcome. And uh, let's do this again. Absolutely. All right, guys. Bye.